22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. I just thought about something. What if we ever had Gigi take my place on the panel? I think this thing would just be so much better. Well, we we would get a lot of, so what's that? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> no, no, I think it'd be a lot louder. You wouldn't even need a mic. <laughs> you two would have mics and that would be it. I, uh, I, I take it if you're talking this, uh, you know, cavalierly about your girlfriend that she must not be listening to the podcast anymore. <laughs> she only listens to it when I'm like reviewing it or I'm like checking it out. She's like, what is that? Uh, oh, hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> um, welcome to another episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later. Episode 21. Ah, yes, we're illegal. Legal for it all. Cigarettes, alcohol, voting, cock, vagina, rim jobbing, glory holes. I am your host, The Cap. I with there was an actual age on all those things. <laughs> is that like the description of your childhood right there? Wow. I, I'll punch you in the face right now. I'm sorry. Where was the pervert bell for any of those things? <laughs> it, it should be on loop. There you go. <laughs> Dude, one bell for all that stuff? It should have been like seven or eight. I, th- I think that's when you need the gong. <laughs> is the gong even there? Oh, the gong is right here. Nope. Yeah, I guess it's not. Fail. <laughs> uh, epic fail on that And on gong. that note, let me introduce my other host, Mike the Finance Guy, MFG. You, yippee skippy. <laughs> and Ralph the Tech, RT Square. You feeling lucky, punk? Well, <laughs> are you? <laughs> feeling lucky? We haven't been lucky. We've been listening to him try and do that impression all day. <laughs> <laughs> and then him saying it's John Wayne. <laughs> we had a conversation before the podcast and we were talking about um Rocky and Sylvester Stallone and we brought up Tommy Morrison who was the, the, the great grandson of the grandson of John Wayne and Ralph had made the mistake of mistaking John Wayne for Clint Eastwood <laughs> no 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 you see what happens is that Dirty Harry was just in my head you know why is it when you say Dirty Harry it sounds like like dirty in a different way <laughs> I, I don't know Cap it, it went from Dirty Harry to Chester the Molester <laughs> I'll tell you, episode 21, definitely a lot more dirtier. And, and, and I guess, you know, we, we're so dirty, we couldn't even get a, a guest star with us today. It's just us three today. Yeah. Finally, my God. <laughs> These people crowding around our microphones. <laughs> the company that wouldn't leave. <laughs> Kev, Joe, Troy, I am kidding. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll be getting I'm not. <laughs> oh man nah, it's so always good to have those so guys sorry. yeah man i mean it's it's good to have guests and it's always good to kind of get back to to our roots and yeah. 21 episodes i'm telling you it flies by fast it does who, who were we talking about um when we were at the job the other day about uh, how many episodes we actually did and we started thinking about it mike well, it was, well we were saying we had done 20 by that point and then they were like well, how many months have you been doing this you know and it just, it, it has, it's been, what, July we started. July we started, yeah. yeah. So it's not been July 2013 for anybody out there. Yeah. So, and, and now we actually have more things to say instead of just saying, okay, and that's the show for today. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, um, all right, let's get right to it. Um, let's not even waste time. Episode 21, we know what we're going to do. And what we're going to do is go to the quick news. Mike, take it away. And now, the quick news. With Mike, the finance guy, and Ralph and Cap. It would have been a little bit quicker if uh, Ralph the Tech actually knew where the quick news soundtrack was. Don't worry, that would be fixed in post. And then you would just sound like an idiot. <laughs> but just for everyone to know and me to keep this in there, 
he screwed it up. At 418, Ralph messed up. <laughs> At 825, Ralph will fix it. See, see the final the final podcast won't even have any of this conversation. Whatever. There you go. <laughs> All right, so on to the quick news. Um, I just have to get it out of the way only because I'm just tired of every damn week. It seems I have to bring up something about this ongoing soap opera known as as the Man of Steel turns. Um, <laughs> oh, we've got more c- stuff? I was yeah. like trash, but go ahead. It's, it's always some trash. Um, Jesse Eisenberg has been cast as Lex Luthor. I, oh, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, For he's those Mr. Not- Mark Zuckerberg from the Social Network, also Columbus from Zombieland. Uh, that was the name in Zombieland. Yeah, um, Zombieland was awesome. But I, you know, I just keep looking at his young, smiley face and not seeing Lex Luthor. What does anyone else see in here? I, I see uh, maybe a teenage Lex Luthor if he cuts his hair. I suppose. I see a whiny Lex Luthor. I see a disturbing bald kid. Like, I do not think he's going to look good with no hair. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I just. Maybe he'll bulk up a little bit. It's not even bulk about up. size. I don't. It's just I don't see him as Lex Luthor. But I mean, again, he's an actor. Yeah, maybe he'll have know, some Twinkies you know. and a Ho-Ho and he'll be okay. <laughs> Luthor is at least six feet tall. You know? Yeah, but, 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 but Luthor's not Diesel. Luthor's not like, yeah, I bench like, you know, 200 right. plus. It's not, that's not But Luther. he ain't no scrawny person either. That's because you fucking love Luthor. That's why. <laughs> I, I'm watching you like trying to milk this for everything. That's my boy. I, I, I'm sorry. You know, you're not intimidating me with Kevin Spacey. And before that, who was the actor? Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. I mean, again, Gene Hackman and Kevin Spacey, excellent actors. But, you know, if they were, see, if, if they found me in an alley, I don't think I'd be afraid for my life. See, if they let me push, uh, portray the role, it'd be so much better. <laughs> yeah, that would do it. It would be an interesting Lex Luthor, you know. Um, so, Mr. Luthor, we're not really here about the fact that we know that you've been uh, funding operations that are, you know, against Superman. We're not here about all the property destroyed. We just really want to know how a man of color made so much money. Wow. <laughs> well, you know it's a secret. <laughs> nah, and uh, if Ralph was Luthor, <laughs> half of the movie would be trying to find Ralph because Ralph would be late. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's why... Superman would never be able to catch me. Yeah. <laughs> is the, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, is there any other news well, on Superman? Well, I was about to say, so that, I guess that's so much for the Joaquin Phoenix rumor that he oh, was going to be right. like yeah. But I think he's still considered part of the movie, but we just don't know what he's going to be now. Mm. I, I think. Again, I'm not 100% sure he's in it, but he seems to still be on the uh, the pages for uh, the cast. So that'll be interesting. Um, and also Jeremy Irons has been cast as Alfred. And for everyone that's wondering, that is Simon Gruba from Die Hard 4. Wow. Gruba, yeah. I was gonna or go three. I'm sorry, Die Hard three, right? D- Die yeah. Hard three, yeah. Yeah, with Die, Die Hard, Hard with Vengeance. Vengeance, yeah. Yeah. Also, he was in um oh Gangs of New York. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been in a, uh, a bunch of stuff. He's been in a bunch of stuff. I just picked Last that. of the Mohicans was it? Yeah, mm-hmm. he was also John Steed in the Avengers movie. Nah. Not not that Avengers movie. Oh, the the British one, the one with Uma Thurman. Yeah, I love that movie. And it's Sean, a bad movie, but I love it. When Sean Connery. Yeah, Sean Connery. He was the basically he was the weather wizard. Even though I think he had another name. So hold that thought because we're going to go to bad movies in a second. Yeah. What else you got there, Mike? Um, okay, well, as far as that, that goes for that movie. Um, we have other stuff. Thank Emma God. Stone has hinted that Gwen Stacy might be reaching her expected end at the upcoming Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie. Surprise? No, not really. Well, I mean, I didn't know how long uh, Gwen would stay alive. That's the sound <laughs> of her neck cracking. No, yeah. flip. <laughs> exactly. You know, I have to practice my my face for hearing a neck crack when I watch the movie. You know? No, no, I want to practice my face for, to to watch to happily watch people be surprised by that because they didn't read the comic book. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so gonna or have evidently, just, evidently listen to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna be you're gonna, you're gonna be in the movie. There's gonna see that happen. You're gonna be the only one. that's like. 
Saw that. <laughs> saw I that coming. I saw that coming. That was going to happen. Now, even, wor- surprised. even worse. Now, I imagine seeing this movie with Ralph over here, all we're going to actually hear is, wait, everybody, look. Wait, wait. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. This is right when he's going to snap her neck. Snap. <laughs> no, no, no. See, see, that's, that's way too low key. I'm going to be like, watch out. Look, look, look. It's going to happen. It's going to happen right now. Right now. I'm going to be getting up, dancing on stage. <laughs> look, look, she's going to die. She's, her neck is going to snap. Watch. <laughs> Damn. I, I mean, I guess it's a surprise for me. I thought they were going to get, I honestly thought she was going to die in the first one. I was waiting for her to die. I was like, please. Oh, well, there's no Green Goblin. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they messed up every other origin. So I was oh, like, of course. I mean, it's not that they had to, but I would figure, if nothing else, if you're going to kill Gwen Stacy, you're definitely going to have the Green Goblin do it. That, I think they could not withstand the uproar from the fanboys. That would just be unacceptable if she just, like, you know, got mugged. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Or why? something like that. Why did I not save her? Why? It was too late. Uncle Ben, now her. She choked on an M&M. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Gwen. Well, I mean, once you take that role, you know what it's going to be. You're not going to last very long. Right. Yeah. I mean, Emma Thompson's not struggling for a role. It's not like she's some, you know, just basically barely attractive girl with chubby cheeks like, oh, I'm sorry, Kristen. Um, oh, <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, how many more movies has she done since her Spider-Man uh, phase? Oh, Kristen Dunst? I don't. I can't even remember anything else. Was she in Black Swan? Uh, no. I don't think so. Uh, I haven't seen it. So no, 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 no. That was a mop. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Where's the brunch? <laughs> I don't know. He's busy reading his phone over there. What kind of tech we got over here? I'm sorry. Alrighty, so on to more news. But um, you're flirting. Go ahead. Keep with the news. All right. <laughs> new Fantastic Four number one uh, will be released in February, and they have new costumes in red and black. What is up, and what do you think? I, I, I You know what? I was going to say I hate it. I'm going to say I want to give it a try. What do you think, Ralph? I think it looks good. It looks badass, man. Come on. It's That's the thing. It looks badass. They're not badass. They're the Fantastic Four. And also, the red and black, they look like Deadpool groupies. Mm. They really do. I mean, because it's the exact <laughs> red and black of Deadpool for the most part. No, no, no. Yeah. See, Deadpool's red is a little more uh, kind of burgundy kind of red, you know? Oh, yeah. Their red is a little more bright, you know, sunshine orange red. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of like taking the full house crew and then having a... Um, a mom coming in and her being like a stripper. <laughs> We're going to make Full House more edgy. It yeah. just doesn't fit. That's what I'm saying. And it's not but saying, I want to give it a try. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who knows what the story would be like. Um, I'm not a huge Fantastic Four story fan, but it is just odd because you know the color choice is to make them edgy. And it's like, well, they're not edgy. That's just not what they are. So it'll be interesting. I mean, especially how edgy are you going to be when you have two kids? Or, you know, <laughs> it, it could just be that the, the printer ran out of all the blue. That could be it, too. <laughs> so they're like, what happened to all the blue? Well, you know, the printer's jammed and there's no ink, so we just had to print it all in red. Right. Well, wasn't that the Hulk mistake, how he ended up green or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so um, you never know. But I just think it's funny. And also, um, you have to see, it's one of the pictures I for the um, of the cover of them in the costume. And you, it's the way Thing is standing. And I don't know what... Definitely he has the four on the side of his trunks, but there's some other image that's on his trunks, and it really looks like the silhouette of, like, genitalia. <laughs> that's been highlighted in white. It's a really weird image. I don't know what's up with that. I'm, I'm you have that. to take a look at that and one. Matter of fact, is it on the, the Meanwhile 22 pages later um, Facebook page? On the Facebook yes. page? Yes. Yeah. Everything so is on the Meanwhile 22 pages later Facebook page that you should be looking into and liking it. Please like it. So, yeah, so right above his crotch, there is a circular uh, 
design. It's there. like a circular black silhouette yeah. with a white spot, a and white then spot. off to the side, I guess, is where the four symbol would be, and yep. it just looks it's, like a big old right schlong. Yep. So it's like so it's it like, does. Holy shit! So that's why that's, it's not my imagination. It looks like a schlong. It looks like his, his, his generals are laying gracefully on his thigh. Yeah, I guess so. So Ben Grimm has a has a well, long he, he black... hangs he hangs to the left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. It, it hangs to the left, and it's long and black. Wow, I thought he was Jewish. Well, it's just it's, it's, it's shadowy through the the costume. I'm assuming. Well, at least we know he's rock hard. But uh, come on, I have, to do, I have to do the rim shots. What's going on around here? Oh, you have to do the rim shots. Okay, continue, Mike. Anyhow, um, all right. So now let's get to the Flash TV show. Um, we're now hearing that it's actually going to get its standalone pilot instead of being just part of Arrow. Before, like it was going to be three episodes uh, that Barry Allen would be on, and I guess in the last one they would introduce Flash. Now I think they're getting so much positive feedback that they feel that they can do a standalone episode for the pilot, which uh, I st- which they still haven't said when it's coming out. Yeah. Um, but also, there's going to be two more characters that have been announced that will be on Flash. Uh, Rick Cosnett, I don't know who he is. Um, he will be Eddie Thawne as opposed to Earbird Thawne, who is also Professor Zoom. Right. And Daniel Panabaker will be Caitlin Snow, and that's the newest name for Killer Frost. Wow. So that would be interesting to see how they come into the show. All right, interesting. I, I still have to catch up, which, you know. Yeah, I keep, we keep hearing that, but pretty soon we're just going to start blurb, blabbing what's going on because we're sitting tired of waiting. Well, somebody you. already ruined it at my other job. During my day job at the school, um, one, of the, one of the agents kind of told me stuff that's going on. And they're like, yeah, so, you know, they included someone. So I'm like, what the f*** are you doing? Yeah, well. Wait, wait, are you talking about... Uh huh. <laughs> anyway, back to my quick news. <laughs> hey, 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 I almost took the bait too, Ralph. Go ahead, go ahead Mike. <laughs> um, the CW seems to be in love with this whole like superhero-y, supernatural kind of thing, especially from the comics itself. Um, it's been said that they have ordered an official pilot for DC Comics vertical imprint called I Zombie, which was a story that I read. Um, just to give you an idea, I Zombie is a story from Chris Robertson, and the artwork is by Michael Allred, who is just a fabulous artist. It ran 28 issues from uh, 2010 to 2012, and it's about Gwen Dillon, who works as a grave digger in Eugene, Oregon. Gwen is an animated corpse, i.e. zombie, that needs to feed on a human brain once a month to keep from losing her memories and intelligence, which she does by consuming brains from the recently dead. But when she eats a brain, she acquires their memories and often has an urge to fulfill their, their last dying wish kind of a thing. Wow. Um, she also has, like, her friends are, like, a, a ghost from the 60s, a were-dog. And uh, a boyfriend whose job is to kill undead creatures for a secret organization. But, of course, he doesn't realize that his girlfriend is an undead creature. Yeah, it's got all kinds of stuff. It's, it's a fun book. It's, it's, it's got, like, some, it's got some good uh, story and, uh, and uh, what's what word I want? Um, some drama to it. But it's definitely for fun and tongue-in-cheek. It's got, like, sorority vampires. Galatea is the bride of Frankenstein, and she's up to business. And there's all these other creatures of horror that you know. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's just interesting it they have ordered a pilot for it, and but definitely it's a book worth reading. That that seems right up the WB's alley because yeah. all their little chick shows that yeah, they got. Exactly, and I it's mean, vampire chick shows. Diaries, yeah. Vampire Diaries, Rain, uh, the originals, Beauty and the Beast, Arrow. Arrow is not a chick flick. You know uh, how many chicks watch Arrow? But it's there, but it's not a chick show, right. though. I, I understand yeah. that the guy... They made it chick-esque. They made it accessible to chicks. It's yeah. a, well, the CW always is. I mean, it's, it's for beautiful people. Yeah, because you know? I mean, the guy takes off his shirt in every freaking episode, like every five <laughs> minutes, sure. And he, he does got a good body. Actually, he has enough late. What's up with this? What? <laughs> he has enough late. What's been going on there? <laughs> I guess he were like, there's like a part in his contract where he keeps his shirt on for a while. Just, just to... <laughs> 
you know, heighten the anticipation. <laughs> there yeah. you go. That'll be like next week on the Arrow. I take off my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? The gentle pervert pal? No, it was the, the volume was low. Ah, there you go. There, there we, we go. are. Oh there goodness, go. Rob's got to warm up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, something else coming out. Marvel is uh, in February. They're going to be releasing variant covers with an assortment of anthropomorphic animals as the main characters of the storybooks. Like, for instance, like there's a great one they're already advertising. You have Magneto Mouse, and he's using his mutant uh, powers of magnetism to destroy a mouse trap while he eats the piece of cheese that came out of it. It's just absolutely <laughs> clever. It's just brilliant. But what's the purpose? Um, I don't know. what. Just I don't, fun? Yeah, I think they're just having fun. Um, it's just kind of like when Scotty Young, when they have variants of the children version, like, you know, like the baby heroes. Yeah. I think they just wanted to do something different, so they're just doing the animals. I just no, never, no real reason. And mind you, I like something when they do when they do the baby covers once in a blue. But I wish there was a purpose. It's just like okay, we're gonna randomly put this up as the cover right. uh, amongst all our titles. Why is Peter no. involved? You oh, know, I like, agree. Oh, I hundred percent agree. You know, it'd be even cooler for April Fools. They do something even like they start up some like, one issue, whatever, super funny, stupid comic or something. I would just be. I think for April Fools, all they would just say is. These issues this month are going to be great. <laughs> ah, April <laughs> Fools. <laughs> Matter of fact, they did that years ago. Remember Century? Um, well, Century wasn't so much a, a gag per se, but it was a great story. Well, well, Century they said they they did it as a you know. It, I think they it, from what they understand they said it was an April Fools joke. It was oh, okay. I got to read it in the Wizard. It's an All old right. Wizard. And they explained that they released Century and people actually were like thinking that he was part of the timeline. Then they go, no, yeah. no, no, he never was. We just wrote it, you know. Yeah, and they did covers that they had um, variant covers that were done in the old uh, like Stanley Ditko phase from the '60s, and it was really great because. You know, once you read the issue, you knew right away. I mean, they make it clear that it wasn't real. Right. But I, I but people that didn't read it and they would see the cover. Oh, I remember him. Like, no, no, you don't. Oh, no, no, I do. I remember that issue. I think I have it at home. You're like, no. No. <laughs> so at least now I know you're a liar. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, just one other thing. Just to remind everybody out there, don't forget to tune in for Stan Lee's Mighty Seven animated film that's coming on TV's The Hub Network tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern okay. Time. Wow, The Mighty Seven. Do you know what that's about? Um, well, I definitely know that Stan Lee is is actually one of the animated characters. He's a main character. He is a comic book writer that ends up running into these two different alien groups, and then he mentors them into teaching them how to be superheroes while he writes books about them. Um, I don't know yeah, how I feel about I don't that. really, I, again, other than what's, that, I know what's, nothing what's about What's the age it. demographic they're going for? Are they I going have for no kindergarten, idea. seven if years old, brain the, dead? If it's on the hub, it's like I would say below, below. Yeah, I would, I'll say it's below 15, I would think. Okay, um, well, well, but it, it might be, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not geared for adults, but I'm assuming, you know, adults should be entertained. But at the same time, again, we all know we love and worship Stan Lee, but when he's left to his own devices... It gets a little crazy sometimes. You know? <laughs> um, but it's got great voices involved. It has Arnie Hammer, Christian Slater, uh, Mayim Bealik, which is uh, TV's Blossom, for all those that don't remember. Oh, okay. um, Also Amy from uh, from Big Bang Theory. Yes. Uh, Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher, really? Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. How does he get Darren Chris, who's somebody from Glee. Sean Astin. Good old Sam. What is it? Sam what, something wise? I can't think of his oh, name. Oh, from, uh, um, from, from Lord, Lord, of, Lord of, the of the Rings? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jim Belushi and Michael Ironside. Wow. Yeah, those are really some great names in there. Christian Slater's in it, too. I said Christian Slater. Because you weren't listening. (laughs) As usual, Ralph never listens to me. (laughs) (laughs) He gave you the the, the drums just to make you feel better. He goes, here. (laughs) It wasn't funny, but uh, forgive me. (laughs) 
<laughs> but that's it. That's all my quick news there, and it was pretty quick this nah, time. Okay, I'm gonna make it a little bit longer only because I have two things to add. Number one, well, damn you. Yeah, damn me. Um, number one, have you guys been reading Miracle Man? No. No. I enjoyed a Miracle Man, um, Apocrypha that I read years ago, which is absolutely fantastic. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the whole took so long the war between everyone getting their rights i just kind of got burned out on hearing about it for, for those of the for those of you who don't know who miracle man is ralph are you familiar with miracle man also known as marvel man mm, i will be okay well <laughs> mike um i believe correct me if i'm wrong he was a, a property by the name of marvel man who was kind of supposed to be shazam a shazam like character right he what? was after uh, the captain marvel character had been introduced right yeah and um I know that at one point, I mean, he was a classic hero, and then I know at one point Alan Moore wrote him. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing. Alan Moore somehow claims to have gotten the rights to Miracle Man, and that's where all this whole thing has fallen apart over the years of anybody being able to actually publish it. Neil Gaiman also drew it. Yeah. Neil Neil Gaiman, um, I think, did uh, some of the Apocrypha, which is... You have to read that storyline. It's amazing. Well, basically, if you read the old story, the old Marvel Man stories, I mean, they're nothing... They're no big book. They're like, you know... Typical 1950 cartoon superhero characters, but when you read Neil Gaiman and um, Alan, Moore. Alan Moore, holy fuck! Yes, yeah. they up it. They they take um they take the child out of the story. I mean, it's definitely written for mature audiences by that point, and not because it's sexual, but it's just between concepts and some of the violence, for instance, that goes on. Um, it's definitely not made for kids. Yeah. And I've been, and, I, and everybody's been talking about it for years, but I never read it. So I, I'm excited because oh, okay. I've never. They've always talked about it, but because it was in such um, limited supply, mm-hmm. I could never get it. I could never get that Miracle Man. So now that they have it, like, oh shit, I get to finally read it. Yeah. So for me, it's like, whoa. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's very it's a very good story. It's hard edge on a lot of stuff. It's it it goes because especially when Alan Moore took it over, he took it to logical conclusions, as Alan Moore often will do with something because it was never meant to be monthly forever. I don't think it was, I don't think Alan Moore intended it to be uh, an ongoing series when right. he was writing it. So, you know, not so much that he's saying that he ended it, but it, it, it just had those kind of feels where you just go, well, I wouldn't go there with an ongoing character, but right. you know, for something that means, well, like you said, you, it gave, he gave it a logical, a logical conclusion. He basically, conclusion? <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> he, he, basically, I mean, stories are meant to, you know, it's like a movie when you write a movie and not meant to be a sequel. There's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end. Right. And um, I, I guess, you know, and Alan Moore does write like that. I mean, yeah. even with um, Watchmen. Yeah, it's Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, yeah. yeah. I mean, but he just, he has his idea. He tries to get it through. I mean, like you know, it's not like he ended the series per se, but he gives it, a, like you said, a nice beginning, middle, and end. Right. And then, you know, if, like, Neil Gaiman comes in with his piece and it's just wonderful. Um, I actually have, I actually have signed copies of that. Thank you very much. What? <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, it's it's so definitely it's a good read. I just like I said, I think I just got burnt out hearing about it so long, but I, I probably will pick them up pretty soon. I think they're on the second issue now. Yeah, okay. I believe so. Yeah, and one more thing, real quick, before we get to the to the meat of the show, um, Mar- has anybody been reading about the Marvel experience? The Marvel experience? Yeah, I heard about this. They, I, what the traveling this? set up the, around the U.S. They set up. And you see like things in the different Marvel universes. So Basically, they, it's, it's like a circus, like a circus type atmosphere where they set up a, a spot, whether in a stadium or in a large plot of land, and they they hook up the entire area to be the Marvel experience. You're oh. inside of Shield. There's Spider Man there. There's all. So it's like an amusement park, but you're experiencing the the whole Marvel wow. world. No, I haven't. I hadn't. I hadn't heard of that. I mean, I think I heard someone say something about. 
paying people to dress up like superheroes in some kind of a thing. I guess that's what they were talking about, yep. but I hadn't heard more. I believe it kicks off in July in Las Vegas. And Who goes to Las Vegas? What about no, no, New York? New York, it comes, I believe, in August to the Barclays Center. Wow. How much money is that that you're going to treat me and Ralph to? <laughs> yeah, you're treating me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know what the cost is, but I know that it's supposed to be really cool. And I, when I heard about it, I was like, oh, my goodness. I, we haven't talked about it in the quick news. See the Marvel experience right there. Ralph just pulled it up on the laptop. And for you out there in the podcast world, that meant nothing. But, <laughs> <laughs> but for us, we're getting a chance to enjoy it on the computer. Yeah, oh, so- it's fantastic. Yeah, so from from what I understand, it's all the characters from the Marvel owned movies. I don't know if it's that or the comics. I know that there's some limitations on the characters they have in this um, venue, but hmm. I can't remember because I remember hearing another podcast talking about it, and oh. then I checked it up on the news. We'll, 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 we'll oh, investigate. Wow. Interesting, yeah. yeah. All right, but I just want to add that for the quick news because we haven't talked about it. Ralph, you have any news? Ralph has no news. Aww. In third person, Ralph stops needs you stop. <laughs> what the hell? Take two. Okay. <laughs> Ralph needs to stop doing things in third person. If it's there in the third person, he must be Cap. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I told you, I say Cap so I don't say my own name. And I haven't done it. I haven't said my own name. It's been the guests that have said my name. But like I said, who in the world <laughs> says their own name? That's speaking in the third person. Well, apparently, <laughs> does. He says his name so many. He's like, <laughs> who does that? Huh? Me? Yeah. Not anymore. Not for four episodes. You know who does that? Does that? <laughs> Hate you. All right. So let's get let's get to the meat of this um, podcast. All right. So obviously it is super. Oh, well, not obviously because not everybody's into football. But if you don't live under a rock, or if you happen to live under a rock, um, what if you're dating the rock? <laughs> so it means at some point you're probably under the rock. <laughs> Unless you're doing a reverse cowgirl. What, what, what's funny is you caught me off guard. I was like, I couldn't even say wow. Usually wow's my, wow's my go-to phrase when, I, when I'm like totally thrown up by what you say. I was like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Well, bottom line is if you are living on this earth and you don't pay attention to football, you'll realize that Super Bowl is tomorrow. It's at, or it's actually this coming Sunday. And some people. Groundhog Day. That's right. AKA Joey's birthday. Shout out to Joey. Happy birthday. Um, so Groundhog Day. <laughs> well, I feel like we did that all over again. Oh, did I? <laughs> Hated that movie, by the way. But Oh, that's a good movie. Come on. Really? Yeah. What the? <laughs> now you just randomly doing it. And I'm not even it. a huge Bill Murray fan, but I actually enjoy the movie. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's anyway, a, it's on Groundhog's Day, and I feel like some of the nerds in our audience might not like... Um, like football, so you know. Audience, I don't like football. <laughs> I'm right here. But you know, I th- I think you know, being that the Super Bowl is here, we need to have some kind of fanfare, some kind of excitement, and, and some fun about the subject we're going to talk about. So I would like to introduce the Sucky Bowl. Yeah, that's right, the Sucky Bowl. Hello, sports fans. We are here today. <laughs> to witness the culmination of the greatest, I mean the worst, of the worst, the worst, worst, worst. That's right, Ralph. I'm definitely really excited to see all these horrible comic book movies that these guys are going to talk about. Yes, yes, there are so many too, and we can't get to all of them right now at this time. <laughs> okay, you sit down. <laughs> That was cool, though. I'm just really clear, wondering how uh, loud that's going to be. <laughs> so for those who didn't understand what the hell we were saying, bottom line is we're doing something called the Sucky Bowl. So we said, well, if we got together and, and in our opinion, rated, in our opinion, the 
top three worst comic book movies, animated or um, live action, what would they be? So um, let's see what you guys got to say. And by the way, did you guys rank yours? Like um, from three to one or? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so let's go. Even though, like, I mean, I, it's, More or less I it's... picked. I mean, I picked movies that I don't like. I don't know if I can say they were my ultimate worst, but they're just damn bad. <laughs> <laughs> I see you look at your iPad, and you just give such a dis- such a disgusting look to it. You're like, Ugh. well, there's some movies that were just so bad that I didn't want to have to remember them to rank them. If you know what I'm trying to say, like, it's just one of those where I just go, I don't want to have to think about this movie any more than I have to think about this movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, being that you're mentioning that, um, Mike. MFG, um, what is number three on your sucky bowl list? Who is number three in your sucky bowl rankings? I think my number three is going to have to be Hulk by Ang Lee. Wait, wait, didn't he win an Academy Award for, for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Holly Berry won an Academy Award for her acting ability, too, and I think we'll just leave it at that, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> wait, number three? Don't you think it's more like a number two? Ah. <laughs> that one actually just needed me to say, but don't boom. <laughs> don't even use the sound effect. <laughs> well, okay, why? I totally agree with you on that one. Why do you feel, in your opinion, what's okay. Hulk? Um, Horrible. Yeah, it's going down briefly. Okay, so you have the Hulk by Ang Lee. That was the first uh, major production of a, an Incredible Hulk movie. Yes, don't do not confuse it with the Incredible no, Hulk. No, the Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton was a wonderful movie. Yes. Uh, this was a 2003 Universal Picture. It cost them 137 million to make. Uh, domestically, they did get 132 million, and they made 245 million uh, total. But you really divide that in half, and that's really what they make. So they actually still didn't make the budget really. Um, I what didn't I like about the movie? Um, just like I said, just a few brief points without beating it to death. Um, even though Ang Lee should be beaten to death for it, uh, Eric Bana. I mean, his por- his performance was so dead. I kept hoping that he would just die from the gamma radiation poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> it was just you know, it was just too much. Um, you were j- happy to see the CGI uh, animated uh, Hulk. No. <laughs> the, the CGI animated Hulk was horrible. In preference, instead of well, to him, yeah. yeah. I mean, he just was dry. Um, Jennifer Connelly, she played Betty Ross, and she had about as much peel as Betsy Ross. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just the, the the CGI Hulk. It was rubbery. It was bloated. I mean, like Shrek. Yeah. Well, remember, even bullets literally bounced off his skin. I don't mean deflected. I'm talking about absorbed impact and bounced back off of his skin. Yep. It just um, the whole Nick Nolte was David Banner. That was horrible. Um, and he experimented on himself before Bruce was born, and that is what somehow affected Bruce. I mean, it was just crap. I mean, it's, you know, Bruce Banner becomes the Hulk because of, his, because of his own actions, period. Not due to dad, you know, getting some bad radiation in his his nuts. <laughs> you know, like, um, also, the whole Nick Nolte becoming the absorbing man by the end was brilliant, of oh. course, if brilliant meant shittiest idea ever. <laughs> Um, you know, it's just one of those movies like, you know, so like I just said, I had alternate titles for that movie would just be, you know, it's not easy being green and badly acted, uh, coma, you know? and of course, if you're watching it on DVD, it would also be called fast forward. Oh my God. I remember watching that movie. I remember going opening night to see that movie. Oh, I did not. I, it, oh, that was the other thing too. It took me three days. No joke to watch that movie. I watched it on DVD. I, I, I have never taken that long to watch any movie, let alone an action-packed superhero movie. It took me three days to watch that garbage. Yeah, I kept like falling asleep during it, during the movie. I kept it was like, I was like, okay, this is yeah. That, that's why I kept turning <laughs> it off. I, <laughs> wait, wait. 
I was suddenly, you know, clipping toenails, you know, and, and finding people to clip their toenails. I think the, <laughs> the most exciting part was when it was just was at the very end. It was like, you want me angry? You think you can handle it? Here you go. Ah! And I'm like, what the fuck? Am I watching like a, a wrestling shit? <laughs> I mean, by that hey, point, hey, I, wrestling wasn't even that bad. <laughs> by that point, I was expecting like, you know, Jack Nicholson, you know, you want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Oh, my this God. movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'll definitely say about that movie is I felt like they kept flashing back to um, um, Bruce. Bruce Banner in the in the field, right? And you know, to, look at the radiation and and, and they kept going back to that and back to that and back to that. I'm like, okay, guy, we get it, we yeah. get it. I kept hoping they would flash back to a good movie, but, <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, they didn't. But once I had Nick Nolte's become an absorbing man, yeah, that was that. that I was, was done. Well, yeah. I mean, I was oh, yeah. done. No, that was just. I was just hoping to build up because I think we talked about this before about the Hulk. One of the things about the Hulk is that you, you, the build up is to wait to Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk. You're introduced. You, you're excited about. Bruce, but you want to see him turn to the Hulk. Right. There was all this weight, and then when it turned, you're like, "That's the payoff." Yeah. And then between him and him, between that and him jumping in the air and the, and the the wind blowing in his face, and he was loving it. I'm like, "What the fuck am I watching?" <laughs> I think it was like it's, the third part of Footloose or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's, uh, it's a magnified version of how a dog feels when he's driving in a car. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that by the way, that was the only good thing about that movie the the, the fight with the Hulk dogs, even though the Hulk dogs were horrible. Oh, they were horrible. I one, I mean, and they used it in the advertisement. I mean, just a great scene, just purely visual, was of course when Hulk picks up that tank and swings it around and throws it away. I mean, that was just a great scene, just a horrible Hulk, but it was a great scene. You know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's your number three. All right. <laughs> Good job. Um, the one, the number three I'll go with is something that I don't. I wish I could say that I liked more, but even as a eleven-year-old, I knew this movie sucked, and that movie would be Masters of the Universe. <laughs> Didn't it have I the power? Have the power it had the power to turn me off. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, for those who don't know, this was the movie that that came out back in 1987. Um, with Dolph Lundgren um, playing He-Man. And Dolph Lundgren was in, in the prime of his career. He had just come off of Rocky IV. He's done, I mean, he did a couple of movies here and there. But after Rocky IV, they're like, oh, wow, tall, blonde, you know, pretty built. Let's put him in a He-Man movie. But mind you, and people don't realize this, this movie came out after the He-Man hype was done. Because right. He-Man was hyped from when I was a kid back in 84. 84, 85, you had the big build of He-Man. 86 Transformers and G.I. Joe were kind of taking over the airwaves. So He-Man was kind of pushed back into the, in, into the background in regards to popularity. So this movie came out way too late. First two, it came out what year again? 87. Yeah. But I mean, I think what they were hoping to do was not so much capitalize on it, but to get a resurgence. I think that's what their idea was. I, you know. I, I, I don't know. Because I'm like, you, I think once it's done, it's done. And, and I'm throwing them a bone. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you need to throw a bigger bone than that because that movie was horrible. I mean... Frank Langella plays Skeletor, and for those who's, I mean, Frank Langella's been in a couple of different movies. I mean, he was in um, that movie Eddie with um, Whoopi Goldberg as the owner of the Knicks. Right. Well, you also, anyone out there uh, geek-wise, they'll remember him. He was Perry White in Superman Returns. That's right, he was. Um, I liked his Skeletor, but the entire story just felt wrong. You know, I mean, He-Man is based on this character that has a sword. And he's he's actually Prince Adam, and then when he puts the sword up in the air, he becomes this alter his alter ego, He Man, right. who's Tanner and looks just like him, Supermanitis. <laughs> he, he just has less clothes. He's blonde. He's tan, and then he's got this sword with a kick-ass. Um, and he cat. screams out, "By the power of 
Grayskull. I owned Castle Grayskull. That shit was awesome. But there was <laughs> but the, the, he didn't even change in the movie, did he? It was just him. Yeah, it was just He Man, right? That's what I thought. Now, for those who ever read on the original He Man, because He Man came in a, a comic book. I'm not sure. If, I mean, you were too old to be playing with He Man back then. I, I mean, I I saw the cartoon, but I wasn't that yeah, into well, He Man. Yeah, the, the the toy came with a mini comic book. Oh, so okay. and the comic book, there was no Prince Adam. Prince Adam was created for the show. Okay. So they kind of stuck to the comic book roots and didn't have Dolph Lundgren changing back and forth. Okay. I mean, you had um, a pre-Friends Courtney Cox in it playing one of the, the, the young girl roles. <laughs> Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. All those embarrassing things that they do, just like Jennifer Aniston was in the original Leprechaun movie. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, between that, I mean, let me see. Who else was in it? Um, oh, um, Christina Pickles. I think she was in, I don't know if she was in St. Elsewhere. Mm, I don't know. I don't know Well, the she name. played the sorceress. And my thing is, the sorceress should look like an old... Sorcerer should look like a MILF. The okay. sorcerer should look like a hot older woman in her 40s, nice curvy body, never been married, you know, can give somebody a head every once in a while. That's what the sorcerer should look like. Not, not some Is old... that why they visit Castle Grayskull? <laughs> That's why I would visit Castle Grayskull. <laughs> Castle Grayskull scary as fuck. If you told me a hot woman was in there, I'm like, I'm going in. <laughs> my friend is like, my friend is Orko, the guy with a scarf around his mouth, and I can't see his face, and my cat is a, is a fucking bitch. I'm going into Castle Grayskull. But all in all, the movie just didn't follow the um the the comic, the storyline one bit. It was corny, it was campy, um, it was a little too dark for, for a certain for a certain age demographic. Right. They replaced Orko for an elf like character yeah. who was well, kind of also it had no um it had no real special effects to speak of. Yeah. Like they just kinda hang they hung around Earth trying to get back home, right? Or something like yeah, that? Yeah, because um, they had the, the cosmic key. Right, and <laughs> He-Man exhibited no real powers. I mean, I remember like him trying to force open a door was giving him trouble, and he <laughs> shot with a gun. He was shooting people. I th- thank you for yeah. reminding me. That's right. He did have a gun. It, it was just a really bad interpretation of He-Man. It just really disappointed me. That's my number three. I've had worse, but that's my number three. <laughs> what were we going to say, Ralph? Because you're like, ha, ha, ha. Well, I'm sure you've had worse. Wow. I need my own soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph, what's your number three movie? My number three is a movie that should not be ever remembered through the ages. All right, so then on to my number two. <laughs> <laughs> it is Elektra. Oh. Uh, yes. uh, a bad movie, but a beautiful actress. Yes, Jennifer Garner is amazing. Yeah. Well, she's a naturally beautiful woman. And now she's amazingly married. So, <laughs> hey, 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 never stopped me before. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm keeping you away from Gigi. <laughs> she says my voice really well. Hey, Gigi, come over here. I like Dragonberry too. <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll ask you after the show. Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, Electra made in 2005, right after the amazing Daredevil movie. Uh, Silence. <laughs> I was waiting for the, oh, Cap has the uh, it's a copy of it. Yeah. We know Cap has a copy. We know it. I have a copy. I love it. Continue. Yeah, so, yeah. What we didn't know is that you actually have a copy of the script and you just read it every night before you go to bed. <laughs> this was so good. <laughs> so this movie, I don't know, just even from beginning to end, because like, it's supposed to take place right after Daredevil, and they don't do a good job of explaining how she got back to life. Yes, we understand that. Or was it um, the the blind guy? What's his name? Stick. Stick brings her back to life. Sure, that's a great way to explain it. But then, how does he? Where does he get her body? How does the body come to her? They never really explain that, right? They and, they really didn't do a great job of explaining it in the comic books either. Just the FYI, <laughs> when they brought her back to life. And then, um, now she's a freaking killer for hire. 
who has a soft spot for a young girl. I'm like, what the fuck? What? That sounds like a French film. <laughs> <laughs> a killer for hire was a soft spot for a young girl. Oh, that would be uh, Le Professionnel <laughs> with uh, Jean Reno. That's right. That's right. And, and a young Natalie Portman. Yes. Oh, wow. I had forgotten that was her in That's there. That's right. Jeez. But it's, and then not even the action sequences were worth you yeah. know, watching. And it's like you got the one guy whose tattoos come to life. Well, the, I was about to say the villains as ideas and even some of their CGI wasn't that bad. Yeah. It was, you know what I mean? I, did you see the movie, by the way, Cap? I, I see, always, I've always seen parts of it, but not as a whole. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I thought the villains were okay, and they probably would have been great in a better movie, yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah, like you said. I mean, come on, you, all right, so you got the one guy whose tattoos come to life. Easiest way to defeat him, just to kill him. And that's right. it. His tattoos are gone. The girl who touches anything and it rots... Who the hell would want to date her? I mean, come on. You would hey, not can I want... get a handy? I oh, right. Right. <laughs> I would not want a handy from her. <laughs> then you got... Was, there was another one that was like not even memorable. There was like a big I don't hulky one, right? Yeah, see, it's not yeah. even memorable. No, so. it, yeah, it's, like, it's a forgettable movie. But And I think we've mentioned it more than once in this uh, podcast. I remember when that movie was coming out. And I was looking forward to seeing it because that was also... I, I think actually she was still doing Alias. Actually, I don't think it was after Alias, um, the TV show that she was on. Um, but I was looking forward to it because again, I loved her from Alias, and uh, she she badmouthed the movie yeah, said, while it was coming out. Yeah, you was, yeah. You always, you've always mentioned that, yeah. that, that she badmouthed. Yeah, it. she. You, I mean, it's written on her. I'm not saying that that excuses the movie, but as far as her performance in it, you could tell she just showed up, did what she did, and left. You know, I, yeah. I think the movie was more like an inspirational message for people with OCD. Because apparently Electra's OCD in the movie. So they're saying, look, look what she can do. You can do it, too. <laughs> you can make a horrible movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> you, too, can marry the man from Geely. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now he's got an Academy Award. So now he's the guy from Argo. There you go. <laughs> so, so that is my number three. All right. right. So now we'll go to our number two. What's your number two suckiest movie you've experienced? Uh, my number two movie is... and. I, I, I talk about movies I didn't want to think about to review in the first place. This was a definitely one of them, but I still did it anyhow. My number two is Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. And I was going to use that as my number two. It, mean, it truly is number two. You mean Nicolas Cage on an acid trip? Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a bad movie. This is uh, the 2012 sequel to the Ghost Rider movie, which was also bad. Um, this is by Columbia Pictures. They spent $57 million as the budget. They got $52 million back domestically and made $133 million uh, total. But again, divide that in two, and you realize you didn't make that much. I, If you see the movie, you realize that of that $57 million in the budget, evidently Nicolas Cage got $56.5 million of it. Because it, it's it's horrible acting. There's not a, The script is not even worth deciphering. And <laughs> Nicolas Cage, you know, like Ralph was saying, it's like he's on ass. He's like he's coked out. I mean... He, some of the scenes he does, it, I guess he's supposed to be inspired and showing you that he's going a little crazy living as Ghost Rider, but he just came off like, you know, Nicolas Cage on a, you know, a bender or something like that. You know? <laughs> it was just really bad. Um, and and if and waste of screen time for Idris Alba and Christopher Lambert from the Highlander days. I mean, you know, it was just a waste of their time being in that. There shall only be one. Yeah. And, and it looks like a straight-to-video direction, editing, and scenery. It, it looks like... If you've ever seen like one of those um, those many multi sequeled werewolf movies, I can't even think of what they're called. Uh, but you know, like by the time you get to the fifth or sixth sequel, that's straight to video, and it looks oh, you like mean it's Teen Wolf. 
No, 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 no. Um, um, the, the, the London, werewolves in London? Or? Well, those and there's some other ones I can't think of. The Howling. The, ho- the, oh, the Howling. Howling. I think The Howling oh, wow. has like seven or eight sequels so far, you know, it, it, where it looks like it's shot in Romania. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what this looks like. Um, it, it, the main adversary in the movie is Blackout. It it made no sense. I, I, I still don't get what they were trying to tell me about his character because there's nothing like in the comics or anything. Right. Um, in this movie, though, we get that Ghost Rider is confirmed to be a corrupted form of a spirit of justice. So, like, um, Zarathos, the the being that he becomes when he becomes Ghost Rider, we learn was actually an angel. So, and, but he got corrupted in the hell, and that's kind of the penance that he's paying. It, it, don't try and make sense out of it. It doesn't make sense. Um, and at the end of the movie, you just get the Ghost Rider riding off into the sunset, burning with angelic blue flame. You know, it's... It, it's just bad. You know, the only the only upside was that the uh, CGI for the Ghost Rider actually was a little bit nicer. It was a little bit darker yeah, for the yeah. Ghost Rider itself. Those, those scenes with Blackout were like a little disoriented. Yeah, because you like you don't realize that he's blacking out the area around them. Right. So like the people that he attacks, you see them looking around like what the hell, but they don't do a good job of portraying or right. can't see shit. And does he normally rot things? Is that, yeah. oh, is that, because again, I don't know. That's during the Danny Catch phase and I don't know Danny I was, Yeah, I love Danny Catch's run of um, Ghost Rider because Mark, I, I, I don't, uh, sorry, I don't want to mistaken the artist because his name is Teixeira. Max, Tex- Max Texera? Yeah. Okay. Because um, there's a baseball player by that name too because it's Mark Teixeira. Okay. Actually, I think it, is it Mark or is it Matt? I think it is. Maybe maybe it is Mark Teixeira yeah, as well. Yeah, because Mark Teixeira is also a, a okay. Yankee baseball player, so they might have the same name. But right. it, I was confusing. But great I love artwork. his artwork. Oh, love his, his artwork. artwork. Is yeah, absolutely. A lot, lot of black lines, a lot, lot of that stuff. So it was great. So I've I'm definitely familiar with. Yeah. I like Danny Ketch's run. I don't like Danny Ketch. There, there's one funny scene in the movie mm-hmm. with Blackout where he's he had just stolen the ambulance and he's looking through the lunchbox to see uh, to see what he can eat. Right. So he grabs an apple, it rots. He grabs a sandwich, it rots. He grabs a Twinkie. Oh, that's nothing right. happens. I forgot about that. I, <laughs> I forgot just, about that. I just saw that. I'm like, yep, Twinkies last forever. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he just looks at it. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot about that. Right. So you know, that was pretty bad. So I, you know, again, you know, for for me, it, I just saw the alternate alternate titles for that movie. I just thought, you know, riding that train high on cocaine. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, I bet I can write a movie even Nicolas Cage would refuse. Wow. Unfortunately, they were wrong on that. Um, and, of course, Fear and Loathing in Lowe's Theater. <laughs> Fear and Loathing in Lowe's Theater. All right. All right. And, and what's funny is because um, before the podcast, we usually discuss, like, the movies we're picking. And that was actually on my short on my, on my short list. I was like, okay, if, I, if there's a movie I'm not sure about, I'm going to go to that. Right. And sure enough, I was like, what happened? You were on Omni. Sorry. Dude, don't touch my buttons. <laughs> Uh, it's like dealing with little children between these two. <laughs> okay, vampire time. Um, <laughs> all right, so so my number two, real quick. Um, even though I talk about me, and even though I talk about me liking this movie, it's Daredevil. Um, and it's not that I like the movie; it's not, that now you're trying to redeem yourself. No, no. Let me explain. The reason why I own Daredevil is because, like I said, when I watched the movie initially, there's a part of you that says there's something redeeming about this movie. Maybe I'm not seeing it. And then when, because some movies. 
do horrible in the theater. They come to um, you know on TV or they become like a cult classic, mm-hmm. and people are like, oh wow, you know, I didn't recognize the genius of it or how great it was. So that's why I bought it. I bought it because I said, well, maybe there's something about it that people are not appreciating because they're not comic book fans or they don't understand the 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 Daredevil concept. I was totally fucking wrong, by the yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> At what point did you realize that you were wrong when you were paying for it? At the cashier <laughs> when the cashier was laughing at you <laughs> um let me see i mean there's so many parts or when the cashier said i thought you was cute but you bought that movie <laughs> <laughs> i'm charging you double <laughs> well i mean let's put it this way um after this movie i realized some people shouldn't have a job like the the, the director mark stephen johnson should not have a job did he ever have another one i don't know oh, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't look into the research but all i know is that he, he did daredevil I mean, there's so many problems I had with it. The uniform, they try to make it badass instead of making it black. Like Mike always says, they always Hollywood always tries to make things badass by using black. Yeah. And they gave him red leather. Ooh. But you know what? It wasn't... Well, I mean, he is red leather. It, well, no, no. It was... <laughs> no, he's not red leather in a comic book. Oh, well, You know, it's, it's, you would figure it's more like, you know, it's spandex. more tight. Yeah. And not that you had to go spandex. I just feel like the design could have been better. Would you prefer the yellow and red one? No, no absolutely not. <laughs> that wouldn't have helped. But between the costume, because the, the mask looked like a skull cap pulled over his head. Right. And, and like reached over his eyes, he looked like the the the, the guy from um, Fat Albert, the one with the with, with um, Mushmouth. Was it Mushmouth? I think. You know. Yeah, the one where he had he had a, a, a cap no, no, pulled over no, his eyes. Dumb Donald. Dumb Donald. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's what that's what I felt like he looked like. But between that, between the portrayal of Bullseye played by Colin Farrell, oh. playing this very eccentric kind of a, of an assassin. I mean, he, I mean, especially in, in the scene where he's trying to kill Daredevil, he's standing on his bike, and he, he gets on his bike, and then he starts standing on it. Why are yes. you standing on your bike trying to balance? What the fuck is the point of that? The seesaw, the, because it looked cool. Oh god, it was horrible. The playground scene with oh. with with um Jennifer Gardner and um Ben Affleck, yeah. you know, like showing each other they have powers, and I'm like, oh god, this oh, but, is. But that was the that was the thing too. And tell was, me this, remember that, was that foreplay. Well, that was their foreplay, but think about it. All of those superhero movies that had come out around that time, they, you know, go backwards, you know, several years, and even that came afterwards for a few, always, for some odd reason, people believe we had to have this scene where you're in your secret identity, but you have to prove that you have powers for, I don't know who, because we know who you are as the audience. Right. Think about Spider-Man. Didn't remember he had to catch all the stuff on that plate, that tray of food, remember? And right. then And catch Mary Jane. Why? Why did you have to to not fight Flash Thompson and backflip over him? Like it, right. it's it's that whole like, if I had powers, I would keep a secret identity and then show everybody. <laughs> you know. Well, no, they could have just thought he ha- he was on something that day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was on superpowers. <laughs> He's on superpowers. But I mean, between all, all that stuff, I mean, it was it was that it was. I I mean, I love Jennifer Garner, but my thing is, um, Electra is supposed to look like she's Greek. Yeah. She did not look Greek at all. I, I think I'm sorry. I just think that you want to go for uh, an olive, an olive skinned, dark haired girl, right. like the way for me, the way it looked like in the comic book. Olive skinned. What's that about? <laughs> Greek olive. Oh God. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> Evidently, the- we need to take that away from him. <laughs> <laughs> you get time out on that, but but yeah, just so we can move on to Ralph. Just bottom line, I mean, I can go on and on about how bad this movie was in certain degrees. But I mean, there's parts of me that wanted to like it, but especially when he's trying to chase, when um Daredevil's chasing Bullseye, mm-hmm. and they cut to 
Daredevil running, which Ben Affleck looks really stiff in the costume. And then he jumps onto, I believe it was a church wall. And he jumps on the church wall and he looks like so spry and moving around. I'm like, you can, it looked fake. It looked so horribly fake. It was like, <laughs> Ben Affleck is so stiff in this movie. Right. You couldn't even begin to believe that he was Daredevil. Oh, and the line to end it off. If I can remember any line that was horrible is when he's fighting the the guys in the pool hall okay. and, they, and it spills onto to the to the train station. Mm-hmm. Do you hear the sound of that? That's the sound of the A train, and he flips out the way, and the guy dies. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot all about that. And that's how I feel about that movie. That movie should have died right there. But, but but I do have to add again, like we always point out the fact that you know you you own the movie and you talk about it. And we always make fun of it. But all I hear when you're def- when you're you're making fun of this movie now that you own is so. So, Councilman, uh, you proposed all this uh, this this legislation for uh, against hookers. Who was that hooker we saw you with the other day? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, um, I, you see, it was, it was different than. Uh... <laughs> she wasn't a hooker. She's my niece. <laughs> no, no, it's it's called it's it's called like like in the, in the in the steroid trial. That's the past. Let's talk about the future. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ralph. So, what's your number two? My number two is a knockout. No, it's not. It is Street Fighter from 1994. Oh, wow. 94 yes. was evidently a bad year for Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> well, arcade-wise, no. I remember, I mean, in the arcades, it was kicking the, yeah, ass. The game is incredible. The movie, not so much. But, it, but it had didn't it have Jean-Claude Van Damme in it? Yes, it had Jean-Claude Van Damme. That does not make it any better. <laughs> My <laughs> thing is Jean-Claude Van Damme playing an all-American. He's playing yeah. Guile, a Marine, and he's like with the accent. With the accent. I, I'm sorry, we do have movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, don't we? Oh, no. oh, okay. Then he's, we'll rest that case. <laughs> he's not... Uh, and see, in the movie, he's not... Uh, um, he's American, but apparently the force is not the Marines. It's like a, a UN peacekeeping kind of type force. Yeah. I, I, so, I, so that's what it is. And then you have uh, Raul Julia. He... It seems a little over the top playing M. Bison, the way he does it. Seemed a little bit over ambitious for them to have him as M. Bison. <laughs> yeah, right? M. Bison that would have been literally the perfect role for Dolph Lundgren. Yes. yes. Like, that's who M. Bison is, you yeah. know. Yeah. Pretty much. But it's, well, I mean. Yeah. And, and for those out there that aren't familiar, Raul Julia, think Gomez Adams, that he was the Gomez Adams in both Adams family movies. Right. God rest his soul. Yeah, he's, he's passed on now. And yeah. then you got, I mean, Blanca is like a freaking, a miniature Hulk. You know, <laughs> you could have picked someone else to because uh, Bianca is supposed to be like this, you know, fierce monster kind of thing. You know? He's he's like Beast in, in the X Men, yeah. but green and with with electric hair. It was, right. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, it could have been better. Then wasn't, wasn't Kylie Minogue in there? Uh, Kylie. Wait, the singer? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was in there. Who was she? I, I don't remember the character offhand um, that she played, but Kylie Minogue is a is, she's a very particularly in Europe she's a very I'll famous tell singer. You right now, she's like the Madonna of Europe, <laughs> but yeah, but she, only not tasteless. <laughs> <laughs> she played Cammy. She oh yeah, god. Go. So uh, here's a, a list. You got Byron Mann as Ryu. Then you got Damien Chapa as Ken. You got Ming. Uh, Ming Na Wen as Chung Li, which uh, was uh, she, it was all right. Yeah, you like. She, she looked kind of hot in that. You thing. liked it, thank you. Uh, and then Chung Li was a, a reporter, right? So I was like, what the hell? Then you got West Study as Victor Saga, Saga, Saga. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't that bad. Yeah. Then you got oh Peter uh, Tospolo. As Honda, Honda's the big E Honda, Honda. Yeah. E-Honda yeah, he's a Japanese guy. Uh, so see. now, what what was the action like in that? 
Or or was it that bad? It was like, you know, remember the scene in the river? Oh, I put that movie out of my mind. Bo- all right, so there's a... <laughs> it was 20 years ago, and I like to leave it that way. So, uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's character there in this UN boat, right? Where it looks... I forgot, there was a, an old TV show with the same kind of boat, where the boat could become invisible. Okay. So the boat's invisible, right? But somehow, uh, M. Bison still sees them on the water, you know? And he starts blowing up uh, water mines as they go. And he thinks that he blew them up. But no, they're still alive. So then they go, they storm. Yeah, the it's kind of hard thing. to tell when you've blown up an invisible boat. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I got it, I think. And then, and then even like the freaking. So um, Jean Claude Van Damme character beats up. Oh, so Guy, right? Yeah, Guy beats up M. Bison, right? And he's pretty much dead. And then lo and behold, M. Bison has a suit which resuscitates him, gives him, does freaking CPR, hits him with a defibrillator, and he also gives him a shot of adrenaline. And comes back to life. But the only the the worst part is if somebody said that Batman had a suit like that, we wouldn't be arguing with it. Yeah. <laughs> like no no no, that's Bruce Wayne. He find it. Let me ask you this, Ralph. Did you see it in the movies? Hell fuck. Hell. Let me no, let me ask you a question. Do you own a copy of it like some people? No, I don't even think I was old enough to go see it in the movies. Ralph doesn't own anything. He's a pirate, right? Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right, all right. So that's your number two. So now let's get to. The number one horrible comic book fantasy science fiction movie, in our opinion, for the Sucky Bowl. It is the shit of the shit. That's. Yeah, it's long. <laughs> oh, I can, I get to say that because uh, you said that for everything. The ticking's long. The song is long. And I the ticking is the long. <laughs> All right, Mike. So for your number one horrible movie, what did you choose? Oddly enough, probably not what I would consider my number one. But again, like I said, I refuse to think about those really bad things. <laughs> I went for a movie that I really just can't stand, um, and I don't care who out there argues with me on this one. I picked Superman Returns. All right. You mean yeah. Super Stalker yeah. Returns. I, it's it's the Superman movie that uh, relaunched the series and then ended it all in one movie. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and back in 2006, uh, Warner Brothers Entertainment. Uh, they spent $270 million on a budget. They domestically made $200 million and total made 391 So they really missed their budget on that one. Yeah. Um, things I don't like about it. Pretty much beginning and the end and everything in between. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just lots of stuff. I mean, Brandon Roth, he has the acting range of a butt plug, <laughs> uh, which which really did work out because um, Kate Bosworth as Lois Lane had the charm of a hemorrhoid. <laughs> so uh, it really worked out that way. Uh, just the stuff that was ridiculous, uh, you know, the fact that he left his 80-year-old mom for five years to go basically look at rocks. <laughs> you know, he didn't know it was rocks. I'm, like, I'm gonna defend. He him knew the Krypton exploded. <laughs> it's not like he didn't know this. <laughs> Marlon Brando told him in the first. Yes, movie. and remember, this is related to that. So this is not one of those where you go, well, he, you know, yeah, but like, but, but like all kids, and, and even though he's a, he's like an adult, he's in his twenties at that time. As an as a kid, didn't you ever say, even though you're telling me something, I'm gonna go do it anyway? His eighty year old mom. And the only reason I keep saying she's 80 years old is because the actress that played her, Eva Marie Saint, was actually 82 when she played the role. <laughs> so this was his 80-year-old mom. There was no extra makeup involved. He couldn't wait for her to die. I mean, there was no rush. I mean, I'm not being, it was no rush. <laughs> you know? For being as virtually immortal, right? Well, yeah. So you could just wait a little bit and go. Well, and, but then, but there's even more, though, is that in him going there, it was a total disregard for the laws of science, and it even rejected the first movie concept of time dilation. 
Krypton isn't like right over there where Mars is. If it took him, he used the ship. He used his ship to get to where Krypton was, and it took right. five years. Well, he was gone for five years, so I guess two and a half up, two and a half back. Okay. In the first movie, what does Jarrell tell him? He says, "I have been dead for many thousand of your Earth years." That's right. He did say so that. he came back in five years of our time, but he evidently should have taken thousands of years to get there and thousands of years to get back. You know, it's just, just one of those things. And that annoyed me right in the beginning. Well, that's what happens. You know, like, see, the way that Superman reaches warp speed, he farts. And it just goes, <laughs> boom, warp speed. Oh, my God. I don't like that joke. <laughs> take, that, take that out of editing. <laughs> what else did you not like about it, Mike? I mean, there's a whole bunch. There's a shitload. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't write down tons of stuff. I mean, just, you know... Um, a, a real estate venture sounds good in a portfolio, but not in a Superman movie. I, you know, Lex Luthor making a continent out of kryptonite, really? You know, it just another real estate scam by Lex Luthor. Especially <laughs> when you were promising a different Lex Luthor in, you know, when, in production, you were saying, we're going to do something totally different. We're going to have Kevin Spacey do a different um, Lex Luthor than Gene Hackman. Well, he did a gold digging Lex Luthor. It was the same one in the first one. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say there was no difference except it was just unfortunately for Kevin Spacey, badly acted. <laughs> that was badly the, that was the difference. You know? he, he definitely chewed on the scenery there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, and, and think Superman he got shivved by Lex Luthor. This is the man whose earlier brilliant idea was to marry an extremely elderly woman for her money, kill her, and then rig the will. I mean, this is an idea he probably got from Murder She Wrote. But this was our <laughs> villain. <laughs> okay, you know, I mean, things like that. Um, the, the movie, I just thought that the movie was boring. You know, I I felt like. I felt like Michael Vick sitting at a PETA meeting. That's how bored wow. I was. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Bell. <laughs> I don't even know which bell you get for that hey, one. <laughs> Take your pick. He gave you all of them. You get them all. <laughs> but um, those, are, that, those are my problems with the movie. Um, and so, once again, you know, I just had my alternate titles to help me get through it. I just thought, like, you know, uh, you know, stalker in a red cape, of course, would be one. Um, to go for the, the comic book lines, I thought Cyclops' girlfriend, Lois Lane, that would have been really good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or my coworker, my hero, my rapist. <laughs> that was, the, of course, the other part that got me is that, you know, Lois, th- this is a continuation from the first two movies, ignoring Superman 3 and the Quest for Peace, um, which everybody should. But um, so Lois does not remember having been married to Superman in this movie. Because in the Superman 2, he kissed her with something that made her forget. Uh, he, I mean, she also doesn't remember that Clark Kent was Superman. But she ends up with this baby that has superpowers. Well, I don't know how many other super superpowered people she knows. <laughs> so if she doesn't remember ever having sex with Superman, but yet she has a super baby, yeah. what does that mean? Super <laughs> rape. That was, it was super rape. <laughs> you know, it's just... It, Maybe I, it was an immaculate conception. Not with Lois Lane. <laughs> if God came down for that, he would just have been bat bitch sleeping her all, you know, bitch slapping her everywhere. There's no way in the world that would have happened. That, that was poor casting, by the way, yeah. Kate Bosley. And mind you, I, I'm gonna go on record and saying I didn't mind Brandon Roth too badly. Oh. He wasn't that bad. Yes, it, go it's, watch that movie again, and you'll be like, oh, he doesn't ever I move. Own his that skin. one too. <laughs> And you make fun of me for owning barbed wire. And <laughs> I love that wire. movie. <laughs> but it's so much fun. And that actually is considered a superhero movie because it is from a comic. Yeah, yeah, but I do is. love barbed wire. Pamela Anderson was wonderful in that, even though <laughs> I recommend it with tongue-in-cheek because it's, it, it, it is bad. Yeah. <laughs> it is bad. All right. 
But yeah, so I mean, I just felt like it was miscast also. So I agree with you. Yeah, uh, yeah it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's funny. You're like, I don't even have to go to detail. It just sucked. <laughs> it just did. It's just beginning to end. All right. My number two is another DC movie. Number, number one. one. I'm sorry, my number one. You got to catch up. You know Jack. why? Because, no, no. Because I feel like it should have been a number two. Blah, that's what yeah. it should have been. Well, he's from Puerto Rico, everybody. He counts just as slowly as they recommend. Wow. <laughs> okay. My number one movie, it was probably number one in your hearts, too, is that clusterfuck of a movie by Joel Schumacher, Batman and Robin. Ooh. 1997 when they decided that we're not gonna because if you notice the first two Burton movies obviously were were really Burton one was you know number one which Mike loves (laughs) 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 number one was really Burton number two was super Burton I mean the way he changed the penguin and made him like like half penguin it was very penguiny just dumb as hell but then number three when Joel Schumacher took over they kept some um gothic looking elements of it mm-hmm. i guess then they said number four schumacher go all the way with it so schumacher is known on re- he's been on record to say that he was going campy with it he was going real campy with this movie and, and all i'll say is that he hit his he hit the mark <laughs> he hit the mark is, is this the one with the nipples it's the bat nipples the bat nipples and the and the bat skates and um alicia silverstone as bat girl chunky bat girl <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that is reserved only for Chunky Eva Mendez. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Lisa Silverstone, dude, they had to redo the mask because she was so chunky. Her big fat face. Yeah, her fat face. She had <laughs> felt her crooked the, mouth. And it's true. They, they, they had done all the masks and um, they were going to give her like a Batman-esque mask. And she felt her face was too fat. So they designed a little like mask. Right. like Robin. But She did have it on briefly. Remember when they were on their, she's on the motorcycle that has the snow blades on it. Yeah. yeah. She's actually wearing the Batgirl mask. Yeah. Yeah, she's wearing the whole head head thing. And then it was just, she either, I think she rips it off or in the next frame, she just didn't have it on. And I'm like. It's, she was wearing it like a helmet. Yeah. You know. Oh, God. So she well. takes it off and then you see just the mask. I mean, and, and, and Mike's gone on record to talk about Uma Thurman being good. But I mean, it, the rest of it was campy. See, Uma knew what it was. Right. Uma owned it and said, fuck it. This is going to be a campy movie. I'm going to own it. But George, and we had an argument a couple of weeks ago about this. George Clooney was a horrible Batman. Troy, I don't care what the fuck you say. I dare you to challenge me on this. George Clooney was a horrible Batman. I was about to say, what argument? I always say he was a horrible Batman. But the best part is George Clooney is on record as saying that he was a horrible Batman. He says. I, I killed, killed the Batman. Batman. <laughs> you know? I mean, there's no arguing, even if you happen to like him, if the actor himself is telling you he sucked. You know? Yeah. I mean, to, to quote Joey, Joey says, I was just waiting for him to say, stat, stat, quicker than the scalpel, because he was so c- c- coming off of ER. Right. Between that, between Bane looking like a cartoon oh, character. Bane was horrible. Looking super skinny, and all of a sudden, like, you know, he would get the venom yeah. juice, and he got these, like, rubbery muscles. Yeah. It almost looked like his, it almost looked like they painted the muscle and veins on, like, pantyhose. Yeah. And inflated. Them. It was just it was this are weird you, scene. Wait, but are you guys forgetting about the elephant in the room? Where there was an elephant in the room? Or are you yeah. talking about Schwarzenegger? Schwarzenegger. Everybody chill. <laughs> so I mean such a miscast. Even Schwarzenegger was bad and he's always bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. And, and it's one of those movies. See, notice I gave Daredevil a chance, so I bought it. I tried to give Superman a chance because I didn't see it in theaters. Okay. And it's back before I knew how to how to get things and, and Netflix and all that stuff. 
now it's like I wouldn't even buy that if you fucking paid me. So what you're trying to tell me is you own it on Laserdisc. <laughs> <laughs> on Laserdisc, wow. He has it on Betamax. Betamax. <laughs> he went back in time and made them put that on Betamax <laughs> and made Betamax fail. <laughs> but I mean, all in all, I mean, Chris O'Donnell, you know, he was he was too whiny as as um, Dick Grayson. George Clooney was a horrible Batman. Um, Lucy Silverstone was fat. Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, the fact that you Poor had tried to, you tried to disguise Bane when they're trying to sneak into a place with he's in a Bane costume right. and you just put a hat on him and a trench coat. It works for the thing. It'll work for Bane. <laughs> That's right. Just Man, a really it's... horrible movie. Too campy. Too. I mean, the the thing I liked about it was colors, and even the colors didn't keep me like yeah. I, you know. Yeah. Into that well, I remember the movie also the way it was cut. It, it was just cut so weird, or they would just get themselves in the situations that they couldn't really explain or didn't feel like filming. Because remember like when uh, uh, Robin sneaks after uh, Barbara Gordon, who is not Commissioner Gordon's uh, daughter, but is actually the niece niece. of Alfred. I'm like, yeah, that made sense. Um, But remember he sneaks after her and finds out that she's uh, racing uh, bikes, motorcycles for money. And then they fall off the edge of the bridge and he has her, like he's holding her up. And then the next scene, they're just back at the place. Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, you didn't even want to try and explain how he got out of that, did you? <laughs> well, obviously, he pulled her up. Oh, yeah, but, but, but it was one of those things where he was also dangling by one arm. It was just one of those where you went, well, Hello. he should. we should have seen him flip her up, but the fact that you couldn't even show us that. He's Robin, a.k.a. Nightwing. I mean, come on. Of course, he's going to Mike, did you just realize you brought up two things? Number one, you brought up logic to Ralph. And number two, you brought up Dick Grayson. Oh, we could talk That's about true. logic. You That's true. Here. It's Nightwing. We, you know, we've, we've been offending Ralph so far. You know, we've made fun of Lex Luthor and Nightwing. That's yes. that's his evil side and his good side. That's right. Yeah, nut number one, nut number two. <laughs> Let's talk about your shaft now. All right. <laughs> wow. Is that where we're going? <laughs> That'd be a long conversation. In a microscope. <laughs> All right, so that, that's me beating the shit out of Batman and Robin. Ralph, what's your number one um, sucky movie in this sucky bowl? This is my turn up to bat. All right, here we go. Wait, wait. I just gave you a football analogy, and you turn around and make it baseball? Well, I, I was going for boxing, but. My turn up to bat? I was going I, I take it I that when you was going. Never mind. Let's I, I take it whenever you box, you don't box fair. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes out with a right cross, and Ralph came out with a bat. <laughs> That's how Dominicans box. <laughs> Damn straight, and don't you forget it. <laughs> Wear the beer bottles. Go ahead. <laughs> so the number one worst horrible disappointment of my life that I've ever seen movie is. We were ready a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> the Last Airbender, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, wow. who will at this point be receiving my package that I sent him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he made a movie that sucked? What a twist! <laughs> <laughs> Why did you hate it so much? Because m- mind you, I'm not a, I'm not an Airbender um, fan. You ever watched the cartoon? Oh the cartoon. my god, right. it's a fantastic story. Uh, listen, listen. Um, M. Night Shyamalan had this thing handed to him on a silver platter. The cartoon series is fucking golden, all right? That's it. I love the cartoon series. It is amazing. All he had to do was follow the freaking cartoon. No. He changed everything up, all right? The whole storyline, giving them the firebenders in the cartoon, they have the fire within them. They, they call it up, and it's right there. In the movie, they require fire around them, and only elite, and I'm doing quotation marks here, <laughs> firebenders can actually call fire forward, and it's like... Then you have yeah, that act- weird. the the actors that played um Ang and Katara right. and um and Soka they were like some of the worst actors it's like they they went to child ca- um acting castings 
went through all the good ones and said, okay, you guys are horrible. We want you. Actually, I think they just went to ACS and just I, went, who was beaten the most? <laughs> Stop reading my notes, Mike. That was my fucking joke. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> who was beaten the most and will fear me when I tell them what to do in this movie? I was just thinking that. Why are we and you on the same wavelength today? Well, you know, I can always pick up that one stray thought going through the air. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I should grow some hair so this way the stray thoughts don't leave. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, but it's like the acting was horrible. Did they yeah. leave it open for for a sequel? They did leave it open for a sequel, but it's not. <laughs> that like was stupid. They're not gonna make a sequel with M Night Shyamalan directing it. Well, they're not making a sequel. They period. Show. I, they I don't shouldn't. know what it meant. Did you happen to get any numbers on that? The the sales? Yeah, I just didn't know if you had any numbers on it. Just no, curious. No, no. Okay, because yeah, I, I don't I think it. I don't even think it made it, budget. See what happened is that I remember um, watching on the news when it first came out, opening weekend. It did make a lot of money. Right. Because a lot of kids were saying, oh, mommy, poppy, I want to go see this movie, right? So they probably dragged their kids. So they made a lot of money uh, in the beginning. But afterwards, when the reviews came out, right? I mean, I was like, when I went to see it, I was excited. I'm like, yes, I love this. This should be amazing. Coming out of it, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. well, it's, all, it's always that thing with the, uh, you know, once you get a bad movie, it's like it opens, it opens fine and then it just makes nothing. Yeah, I'm just look, pulling it really fast. It cost them $150 million to make. Domestically, it made 131, um, and it made 319. So it actually covered budget, but only barely. But they know that they couldn't go back. I mean, they have said that they will not make any more under that same, you know. And from what I understand, I mean, a lot of people who watch, who love Airbender, you know, the Airbender movies. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, let's call it by its name, Avatar. Yeah, yeah, right. And that was that was the other thing because Avatar James Cameron came out at the same time. There was a whole big legal dispute over there. We can't name our movie The Avatar The Last Airbender, so they just named it The Last Airbender because of... Do you think that, that took away from... Well, the movie just sucked anyway. You could have called it anything. Yeah, right? yeah. No, but it, it would have made a difference if they called it freaking uh, The Last Hope on Earth or whatever. <laughs> right. M. Night Shyamalan's... This is what I think Airbender should be. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> well, pretty I, much what it was. Well, I hate when uh, Hollywood gets in that whole, like, you know, name thing. Just like that's... Well, beyond the fact that it wasn't a good movie, again, just like we were talking here, uh, another movie that just absolutely sucked... And then they they chopped the name off so that it didn't even give it a little flair. Was the um, what was it? The John Carter. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. John they just Carter. called it John Carter, and it's like, well, it's John Carter of Mars. Mm-hmm. And the the studio's logic, which made no sense, was years. We're not talking a year. We're not even talking two years. Years before they made a movie called Mars Needs Moms, yeah, which oh, was an right. animated film, nothing to do with John Carter or even like that movie. And they were like, well, it didn't do that well, and we don't want people to remember that. I'm like, so you're going to just take out the word Mars from any movie you make for what, what the next 30 years? I mean, nope. you know. But then at the end of the movie, they say John Carter of Mars. At right. The very end. Yeah. It's made no sense. But the, oh, the Airbender movie, though, it was pretty bad. But it was beautiful, though. John the Carter? shots, no, the oh, shots of the Airbender. Yeah, it is, was visually, it is visually stunning. Yeah. But like when they went to the, uh, the, the place where the ice. In, uh, in the North Pole? Yeah. Yes. That, that was just absolutely beautiful. You know, it was things like that. But yeah, like you said, it, it, the movie just sucked. All and right. it's such a great series. I was going to say, before we go on break, do you have any honorable mentions? Oh, I got some honorable. Fantastic Four. Fuck you. Don't you pick wait, one. Wait, wait, you took mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, no, but say which Fantastic Four. The first one. The, say, no, say the, which version. The 1994 Roger oh. Corman version. <laughs> not, not or, or unless you're talking about the one with um, Michael Chiklis as the thing. A.K.A. Yeah. Kevin. Which, for some odd reason, gets, <laughs> such a, it gets such a bad rap, but I enjoyed the one with Alba and Thank those guys. Thank you, Mike. Again, I don't think it's a great film, 
But it, I mean, but it shows up on like top ten lists of bad movies constantly. And I'm thinking, evidently, you people don't read the Fantastic Four because to me, the first movie was just like reading the comic, really. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. And, which is why I'm not a Fantastic Four fan, right? <laughs> you know? But I thought as a movie, it was good. Um, one of mine actually was uh, Batman Forever. I know a lot of you guys like that. Oh, I did not no. like Batman Forever. I didn't. I, I thought it was still just as cheesy, and Val Kilmer did not make me like Batman any better than George Clooney oh, did. Kilmer. I'm going to do a double punch here because you know. You, you said you said that uh, uh, Batman Forever. I'm going to say Punisher, the original with Dolph Lundgren. Oh, I like that movie though, <laughs> but it is bad. It's horrible. Um, well, obviously Green Lantern goes without saying, and Spider Man Three. Yes. Yeah, Sp- oh man, you mean X- emo Spider Man? Oh. <laughs> what about X Men? Um, um, The Last Stand. No, please. That no, I, that was a horrible class. movie. No, The no. Last Stand was horrible. How about X Men Origins Wolverine? How about Catwoman? How do we have a worse category in the Sucky Bowl and don't have Catwoman oh, in it? Because that oh. one's already been talked it's just, about it's too much. All, yeah, I mean, what about Blade Trinity? As and one and two, in my opinion, no. as well. But yes, but definitely Trinity. You just don't like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Blade Trinity sucks as a movie. Blade oh Trinity God. sucked, and Triple H was in it. So, oh, and yeah. here's one. This will knock everyone down. Steel. With Shaq. Oh. What, what, you mean Black Superman? Oh, Black oh. Superman. He was, he was Black Iron Worker. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So there you have it. Our view of our top sucky movies of all time. So we'll return to, meanwhile, 22 pages later, after we rethink about the movies, because I think we should have included Catwoman. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome. Listen to all of you wonderful people out there. You're ready for another thrilling debate. This time we have coming up for debating, we have The Cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have Ralph the Tech. There shall only be one. There shall only be one. But there's only one of me, too. (laughs) And that's all that's really important. (laughs) That's all we can stand. (laughs) Well, I can already see who might be losing. (laughs) I got my one win under my belt. I'm good. It's going to his head. And that's why I gotta take him down. Oh, please, because you freaking ran away from the take last debate. Go ahead, moderator. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We don't need any winds going to your head. You know, a giant pulsating mind is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> um, all right. So, we, today's debate question: We have the question of: Do superhero teams need non-superpowered members? So, you know, like for every Superman, we get a Wildcat. The question is: What's good about this, or what isn't? So, going for the. We don't need these damn losers hanging around, just eating the food, you know, probably sniffing the jock straps when they're gone uh, on real missions. That's Ralph going to tell us about that. And for the side that says we need these people like like I don't even know what just just like itch cream. <laughs> and I, I, sorry, Gigi, I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> We're going to have the cat tell us about that. We're going to tell us about how much he needs them. So, gentlemen, who wants to open up and start this off? I'll defer to Ralph. All right, fine. So, main reason we don't need these little wimpy guys hanging around. Perfect example. Was it Wendy and Marvin and their little monkey, too? Uh, they had a dog. A dog, my bad, sorry. They were just always hanging around the Super Friends. Eventually, uh, they would end up in trouble and the Super Friends would have to save them. I mean, come on. Honestly. Kind of shit. Do you need that shit? Although they're just causing more trouble and then getting in the way? No. You don't need that. Hmm. So basically, you're saying that these non-superpowered people have actually the ability of super mooching. <laughs> Correct, sir. <laughs> so what you got there, Kat? Well, um, just just to kind of bring up my first point, it's funny that you bring out Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Doll. You always bring the worst um, examples of this stuff. But think of it this way. Um, a superhero team is just meant 
as a team for justice, a team to fight um, crime. And who says you need to be an elitist and have powers? If you can be able to lend a hand and be able to fight crime, however you do it, whether it's with a batarang or whether it's with um, punching, like Wildcat, <laughs> who I wouldn't necessarily put there, but still, I mean, the, the, the number one object of a team is to be able to fight justice, not just to have powers. It's not all about the powers. Ralph. Okay. So now I'm hearing that people that are fetishists that love to dress up in uh, like for suits should have the ability to go around beating up on people. Why not? Why not? <laughs> well, we got there, Ralph. Well, okay. Cap, if that is your real name. <laughs> my real name is Beep. <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> All right. So you're saying the whole point is to be able to fight crime, right? Right. Well, I'm saying it should be done efficiently. With superpowers, it would take half the time that it would if you didn't have it. Look at the Flash. Come on. He could take out a whole... There was... What was this? Um, damn it. Well, there was uh, a Justice League where it's in the future. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, God damn it. Uh, Kingdom Come. a reason why people without powers have bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> in Kingdom Come, the Flash patrols um, Central City tirelessly and there is no crime. Right? Look at that. No crime. And he's doing it by himself because he has superpowers. He don't need no non-superpowered people hanging around, slowing him down. Efficient? Yes, sir. Back to you. All right. It's coked up superheroes. Make good superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> you got there. I'm, and I'm so glad you brought up um, that, that, that um, miniseries. What the heck are they doing out there? Oh. Well, um, bottom line is that or at least for me, you just brought up the, oh, what's the name of the series? Kingdom Come. Yeah. Kingdom Come. It, it's it's a, a perfect example of people with superpowers letting the powers get to their head. If you don't have anybody on a team to, to be the kind of, bring, bring back some balance to them, to kind of say, you know what? You need to chill the fuck out, Superman, because your, your, your powers are getting a little bit, a little bit too big to your, you know, you know, to your head. Then you have something like injustice going on if you don't have any humans as part of that team. Humans not only bring the ability, but they also balance out the roster so that people know that, you know what? We understand the viewpoint of the people we are defending. We're not just going on what we think because we're superheroes and and we don't know what it's like to be mortal. Cap is whining because he has no powers. (laughs) (laughs) Your final statement there, Ralph. Um, Well... You see, if they can't handle the fact that, you know, these people have powers, they should just, you know, go somewhere else. I mean, be happy that you live in a world where you can be protected by such superpowered beings. I mean, come on. I would prefer to live under the iron crushing thumb of a ballistic Superman than to go walk outside and risk getting mugged. I mean, come on. That'd be better. Right? Uh, so <laughs> your end point is kneel before Zod. <laughs> that is correct, sir. Well, that was a disturbing debate. <laughs> I, I think it won't take me any time to realize that one person had some basically good advice, and the other person's going a little bit mental. <laughs> I think uh, yes, Cap. I, we're gonna have to call the crazy bin for you. <laughs> what, 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 what's funny is that I didn't even get to make my final point yet. <laughs> It's because you don't have to because I've already won. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But just to make my final point, we were talking about the idea why are humans, why are non-superhero people supposed to be on teams? We're talking about people with extraordinary powers and fighting for each other. If this was like the the Hall of Doom, fuck it, have whoever you want. But when 
when you have superpower gods and when you have people with extraordinary abilities, you definitely need somebody with some humanity on that team to pull that team's mental state together. Otherwise, you're going to have a Zod and Superman can become a Zod that quick. That's kind of what Lex Luthor was saying all along. Your boy, he's kind of saying, you know what? What stops Superman from taking over the universe and policing us like the Gestapo? Because he can. He could do it if he wanted to. You know, but to have people on his side saying, you know what? You need to chill out. And especially if Superman respects him like a Batman. Batman has no powers, but he respects him because of his intellect. Because of that, that's what he brings to the table. Superman respects Batman because Batman carries a kryptonite injection thing in his utility belt and he can kill him without Once again, that's, that, that, that's intelligence. That's no superpower. That's resourcefulness. That's what he respects. It's, it's also pretty useless because really, in all honesty, if Superman's going to go one blast of heat vision, I don't care how much kryptonite Batman keeps in that belt, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you know all the Bat fans are going to say, which I'll say also, Batman's probably, he's thought of every single scenario. Is It's kind of why... The, the cartoon Doom, a.k.a. Tower of Babel, happened because he has every scenario planned out. Not that Batman's invincible, but that he's got pretty much every scenario. Well, he has scenarios planned out to basically deal with the heroes by surprise. Yeah, but also he's got you things know. going on. If this happens, I have this. How can you? He would not overlook Superman's heat vision. All right, this conversation yeah, is pointless. But, uh, who won? Who won? Unfortunately, I'd have to say that uh, your insanity <laughs> worked against you there. Oh, come um, on. <laughs> um, and I'll just give the win to Cap here really? on this one. Really? Yeah. You're going to give him a big head? Uh, oh, really? Only, only because his argument was, was a little bit more uh, arguable. <laughs> um, but no, going back to what we were talking about, though, even after all of that, it's just... It's not. I, yes, I, I see the the point of it. I mean, especially from a comic book reading point of view, as opposed to a reality point of view, is that you know this is so that the average person can feel like they're part of the group. I mean, we get that that's why they're there. But kind of what Ralph was saying, which is also true, which is the other side. When you try and put it in a believable sense, then it just doesn't work. You know. Yeah. I mean, yes. If you try and like, for instance, if you try and have Christopher Nolan's Batman. Not right. talking about like make a live action film of the Justice League like they are in the comics with Batman like he is in the comics. If you do a Christopher Nolan's Batman with the Justice League, he's truly useless. I mean, like, you know, but so, I mean, he, he'd be great yeah. sitting in the watchtower being the tactician. He'd be wonderful. You know, I mean, like, you know, saying you need to go here. You need to do this. Diana, pick up the slack, flash, move fast. You know, he'd be fantastic at that. But in a battle, really, I mean, there's... By time he took down one criminal with these fantastic moves, Flash would have been done with 30 criminals. You know, like, and it's just to this point, it's just like now you're just taking him down in a fancy way for what purpose? You I, know? I agree. And mind you, I, 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 I kind of wanted to do Ralph's side because in my head, it reminds me of the conversations with me when you and I first started hanging out. Right. We talked about heroes do you want on your side and why is there an archer? Like, you have Superman, you're fighting Dark Side, you have Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, all these guys. What? See, I don't know. Wait, what? What? I won. <laughs> I was going to say that having, also having uh, non-superpowered people in a superpowered team creates a lot of envy and, you know, a lot of competition amongst them. So they try to prove themselves that they are just as good as the superpowered there's, team. There's envy amongst the superpower motherfuckers. <laughs> They're no, going to be envious over each other because you've got a god. You've got um, somebody with a, with a ring. You have the, the, the king of Atlantis. You've got all these people vying for... Who is the best power? Who should be in the lead? There's tons of envy. Everybody's measuring their dicks in that fucking yeah. hall of justice. Yeah, Not Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't need a dick. That's what makes me the leader. <laughs> That's what Wonder Woman's going with that. 
No, but I mean, no, it is true. I mean, it's just, you know, there would be, well, there would be envy from the non-powered people. And that's, that's where I think in the long run, if it was real life, I'm not saying that everybody would turn bad from their envy, but it just, you would have to have like that one or two, you know, non-powered person that was really right to fit in because otherwise you are just going to become jealous. I mean, you couldn't hang around people. Cause like I said, or a perfect example, and I, I, I know you said you didn't remember it that clearly, but we were talking about one time the, uh, and actually have it uh, DVR. We have to watch it the next time we're at my place. It's when Morgana, Morgan Le Fay has to turn all the superheroes into kids to fight yeah. her son, and they're all kids, and they have like childlike personalities by this point. So it's Superman, um, Green Lantern, uh, the, the um, which Green Lantern, uh, John Stewart, John Stewart, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, and Batman. Those are the four heroes that have been turned into like teenage versions of themselves or preteen versions of themselves so at one point they, they you know they're like we've got to go stop uh modred and you know superman flies off and looks behind him and then you see green lantern zips off with his ring and looks behind him and you see diana look uh, zip off and look behind him and you just see batman running and he's just like it's not a race <laughs> but in all honesty it's just like yeah you're kind of slow <laughs> Yeah, but that's what Batman. I mean, Batman's the exception to the rule. Right. Batman's definitely the exception to the rule because they give him things to to compensate. Right. But all, also, all the humans are super powered. Like, think about it. Technically, would Green Lantern count as a human? That's you know, he's a human. You know, but at the ring, he's not. Any, he's not anything. Well, he does come out in the ring, so even if he takes it off, it'll come back to him. Right. You know, I mean, just the, I know we want to, you know, try and wrap this up there. The only thing that, and that's what annoys me as much as, I mean, I'm a huge Batman fan, so don't anyone get me wrong. I love Batman. I love him being around and everything. It's just that I do feel that they overdo his, everyone fears Batman. It's like, you know what, really? I mean, because in the comics, actually, what I liked about it is that um, Hal Jordan didn't fear Batman. Like, he was one that would just be like, go fuck yourself, <laughs> you know? Um, and I like that because it's just like, dude, yeah, you you may know this, you may know that, and you're smart here, but, you know... In all honesty, when Wonder Woman could just snap your neck by accident, <laughs> you know, I don't know how much I'm supposed to, how much everyone of this power level should be afraid of you, you know. Respect you is fine, but afraid of you is completely different. It's funny because when you said about the whole Wonder Woman Batman thing and she could snap his neck by accident, I just envisioned Batman going down on Wonder Woman and her having <laughs> having a, an orgasmic a thrust. Twitch. <laughs> and all you see the ears flop down. <laughs> oh, wow. How'd that happen? Next, Dick Grayson, put on that suit. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Um, end of the debate of should non-hero, su- non-powered superheroes be on superhero teams? And the bottom line is, Cap won. Yeah, I want to recount. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Mike, the finance guy. You spend time listening to me, Ralph, and the cap. Now we want to listen to you. Like us on Facebook at Meanwhile 22 Pages Later and send us your comments and enjoy our content. Also, join us on Twitter at Meanwhile 22 and catch our website at Meanwhile22PagesLater.com. But don't forget to download our podcast for free on iTunes and give us your review. Now, back to the show. Super. Super. Super physics. Hey, everybody. We are here. We are the smartest people in the world, and we are going to talk about some super physics. I yeah. failed physics. <laughs> I failed physics in high school. Just saying. Yeah, 
just letting you know the people that write the comic books failed physics too, so that's okay. <laughs> oh, it's okay for both of you. I pass both physics. Algebra base and calculus. Oh, quit sucking your own dick. You might bite it off. (laughs) I think he also was an expert in zombieometry. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. I love that class. (laughs) Zombieometry. I passed that one with uh, a flying machete. So, (laughs) So MFG, which is catching on nationwide. Okay, just to let you know, in the scientific community, MFG is not catching on. <laughs> okay, well, I think it is. But um, could you explain to everybody what, what are you talking it- about? I saw a, a scientist with a lab coat says, I am doing the MFG. <laughs> He's critiquing I think was, everything? <laughs> I think that was LSD. <laughs> so what, for, for those who've never heard of the bit before, what is um, super physics? Super physics. We're just going to pick uh, a topic or two. We're going to talk about and say, you know what? This goes on in the comics. And as comic book lovers, we just accept it. But then after a while, you know, somewhere in a dark corner of a comic book shop, a gaggle of geeks will get together and suddenly they're yelling about things like, well, that's not possible. Well, how do you think they did that? Well, that doesn't make any sense because we seem to forget that it is just a comic book and try and put the real world on top of it. So <laughs> we're going to try and put the real world on top of some things right now. Yeah. Props to Mike for calling calling a group of geeks a gaggle of geeks. Very good. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. He gave, he gave it, it couldn't be a pride of geeks. That just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> They're lions. It's that the pride. Doesn't work. Never, never that. <laughs> and a litter of geeks just sounded like we're not that messy. <laughs> flock, a flock of geese. A flock of geese. Eh, I like a gaggle. I think yeah, I like gaggle. a gaggle because nobody uses gaggle. I mean, you know, a gaggle exists, but nobody uses it. All right, so what are we going to talk about in super physics today, Mike? Well, we want to talk about that thing that's. It wouldn't be an elephant in the room, but it would be a great big invisible jet in the air. <laughs> Let's just talk about Wonder Woman's invisible plane. What is up with that? How in the world does this thing work? Well, apparently, it's uh, the design. The design of the jet, right? It uses reflective panels to sort of deflect the light as it's going through it, you know? Mm -hmm. But apparently the front of the jet is made of a completely translucent material, right? Mm. So light just passes. That's why you see, you know, Wonder Woman sitting in the cockpit, you know, holding a a see-through. Well, I don't think the world actually just sees Wonder Woman sitting down, flying above them. I think that's just us. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's just the readers and the viewers that see that. I don't know. So, so it kind of works like the Blackbird. Um, I guess so. I mean, you know, I, that's what we're here to discuss is just how in the world does this work? I mean, I know this is one of those things. There are certain things in the comic book world that the officials at the comic book houses have actually defined. I'm not saying it makes sense. Right. They've actually given definition to. And there are some things that we'll end up bringing up whenever we do uh, the super physics uh, things that really even the comic books haven't defined, and that'll just be even more fun just trying to figure it out. But this one, there actually is an explanation to what the plane is. It still doesn't explain how it does it, but there is actually an explanation for it in time. Do you have an explanation for why Wonder Woman has a plane when she can fucking fly? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, that, that was part of the explanation. Okay, uh, But also, don't forget, Wonder Woman couldn't always fly. Right. So originally she had a plane. The, the first appearance of the invisible plane was in Sensation Comics number one, January 1942, which I think was her, was that, I think that was her second appearance. Okay. And was the jet given to her to, by somebody or did she build it herself or? But that I think she just kind of had a plane. Like, so, if you know what I'm saying. Like, in other words, I think they had to explain how she could leave the island. So I think they logically said, well, she would take a plane. So in, on Paradise Island, where everything is still sort of backwards, where you still, you know, shit in an outhouse and you ain't got no TV. I'm but, sure they yeah. had a wonderful bidet. But yeah, <laughs> they have, you know, 
advanced uh, engines and you know cockpits and planes and all that shit. Right? They had cable, sex in the city, the whole nine yards. They ride yeah, horses. It, it, it's like Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, this sounds like Wakanda because Wakanda, they always portray it with, with these, um, the um, the people who inhabit Wakanda have like loincloths and like they're, they're bare chested, but they have like, you know, super technology. So I'm wondering if Paradise Island works the same way. I mean, it's possible. I mean, again, like I said, in the, in the original, she just had a plane, like you know, and and it was invisible. It was it was Hephaestus. He built it for her. But you would at least think that. But I don't think it, um, originally it didn't have a by the gods kind of a thing. But at the same time, it wasn't purchased from like Boeing airplane. Either. <laughs> it, like I said, it, she just had it, and it was invisible. But now, at one point, I know that uh, um, Athena would give it like. She would bolster its uh its its she would like pimp it out every now and then. Oh. So like at some point it could eventually fly over two thousand miles per hour and so it, as it, as she levels up then the plane gets better is what you're saying. I, I, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> she buys attachments for the planes. Yeah. yeah. And so congratulations, you've reached level nine. Now you <laughs> your plane can now reach Mach six. It has peanuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, it also used to like shoot out these rainbow rays so that she could like get into Paradise Island. I'm not quite sure why that would have to happen, but it did. Rainbow rays. Yep, that's a direct quote. I, rainbow I, rays. I just want to go back to this whole. Like, imagine she had bought it from like Boeing, and they were like delivering the plane. Could, could you imagine that conversation? Yeah, I want to order a jet that's uh, invisible. And uh, where to deliver it? Okay, there's a, is a, an island that's not on any map, but I, I trust me, <laughs> if you fly there, you'll see it. And oh, make sure that everyone in the crew is a woman, because if it's a guy, we're gonna have to kill him. Yeah, well, it's on it's on the island that's not on the map, and also the island is invisible to mortal eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just kind of tell you where to land. <laughs> Good luck. Trust and, us. And we're not paying if it's scratched. <laughs> Yes, before you continue, when you said peanuts, I, I could see them in, in Paradise Island and go, Peanuts, we don't want no peanuts. Oh, peanuts, you added to the plane. Okay, gotcha. Continue with, with the plane from Lesbo Island. Go ahead. They don't need penises. They got um, strap-ons from the guys. All right. Ah, okay. There we go. Goodness. You can only do that. Um, well, originally the plane was just that. It was a plane. It wasn't until the 1950s that it became a jet. Oh, so it was like a full-on plane. Yeah, it was like regular, like, you know, just... Like just a biplane? Yeah, just a regular biplane kind of a thing. Oh, my God. Actually, I don't know if it was ever that. I think it was always more like a B-52. Well, I, or is that a jet? I'm not a plane person. No, nah, B-52 but it, is not a, definitely not yeah, a jet. Okay, yeah, so it was B-52 much more... B-52 was a bomber. Yeah, so, I mean, it would be like that. I'm not saying it was an actual B-52, but it wouldn't be a jet at that point. Right. It would just be considered a plane. Then it became a jet because, you know, she's more modern now. Um, and I think by that point, she had gotten rid of her grandma undies, you know, like oh, yeah. she used to wear. Um but uh, and then it, I think um, you know as her adventures went on, she started having interstellar battles. So then Aphrodite once actually in this case instead of Athena, Aphrodite granted it faster than light capabilities. For, you know, and I'm like, really? So she leveled. What level was that? Like twenty? I don't know. What the hell? That that was just called like, yeah, I prayed, I got it. You know, <laughs> I'm um, gonna try that. God, can you send me down, uh, Mini Cooper? <laughs> oh, it's not there. Damn it, it doesn't work. And then, um, some point later on, the gremlins tinkered with it, and then they gave it intelligence and speech. So wait, now, like Kit? Yeah, how? Yeah, pretty much. They put how on the plane. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, we, things that we didn't Hello, know from the Wonder TV Woman. show. Yeah. How are you today? You shouldn't do that, Wonder Woman. <laughs> you sound like creepy when you're doing how. <laughs> Thank you, Captain. See, how's your day? <laughs> but all of that was pre-crisis. Well, so, well obviously, you know, like, bro. That was yeah. I mean, well, it's horrible writing. So right. it, it, oh, it, it, it didn't get better post-crisis. <laughs> really, <laughs> it only got worse. Go right ahead. <laughs> so post-crisis, 
the man that that crippled Superman, also known as John Byrne, took a stab at Wonder Woman. <laughs> you know, um, and so John Byrne decided that well, we just just like you guys kept asking, well, where did the plane come from? Right. You know, well, he decided to let us know where the plane came from. The plane post crisis, and this went all the way up until the New Fifty Two reboot. By the way, so this this wasn't just like a brief story, and then it just became a plane again. It, her plane is an alien morphing crystal with intelligence and self-awareness that was circling the earth with its family called the ring when it got separated from the family and plummeted into earth into the antarctic in particular and luckily in the antarctic there's a subterranean race called the lancinarians that used to worship this thing and kind of use it for whatever kind of tool it is it didn't by the way if you're wondering if it looked like a plane it didn't it's shape-shifting but and I don't know how it eventually ended up in a form that looked like a plane because... Because John Bird says so. Right, exactly. Basically, <laughs> because the Lancinarians ended up giving it to Wonder Woman as thanks for helping them out. So, and she didn't know it was an alien. So she, wait, how did she, she had, get there? So, so, the, <laughs> so the things that they worship, they didn't worship enough. They just said, hey, uh, just take our junk. Yeah, they were just kind of like, yeah, you saved us, so this is now yours. You know, <laughs> that kind of a thing. And by this point, it looked like a plane and, you know, or a jet, I should say. It looked like a jet. So she used it. She had no idea it was an alien. She also had no idea it was intelligent. <laughs> you know, um, so it went along that way. Now, um, so wait, so Wonder Woman was inside this thing. Yeah, so the whole time. She the whole inside time inside this yeah. thing, just pressing stuff, yeah. touch, switching, touching his uh, buttons. Yeah, I, you know, I switches. probably she probably didn't realize that you know it was intelligent until that one day after she had those burritos and that thing was like <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's like that, yeah, that episode of Robot Chicken where oh, uh, where's, uh, I think it's Superman is flying right next to the, the invisible jet and you just see Wonder Woman sitting down. And he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? And then you hear, he's going, hear the toilet flush. He's like, wait, were you just in the bathroom in the invisible jet? She's like, yeah. 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 But it's really great because she goes back to sit at the controls and you know she just goes about flying the plane. He's like, so you're not going so to wash your hands? Yeah. <laughs> Which is just great. But um but yeah, I mean so then eventually she does find out that this thing is an alien, not that it really matters because it's now it's grown attached to her, so it you know, they treat each other like, you know, good friends and uh it's it comes at her beck and call. It actually can change shapes now. And at some point, long not well, several years before the New Fifty Two came along, Paradise Island was destroyed. Oh, yeah. that's right. And there was that huge war with the Amazons, you right. know. And the her invisible plane transformed into an entire floating fortress invisible i'm i'm done (laughs) that was that (laughs) there goes me dropping my headphones i'm done wow (laughs) there we go there we go yeah how could it even what so you have so you have the jet as a sentient being that can transform into things yeah Michael Bay couldn't write anything hard, more horrible than that. Well, not without explosions. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if it exploded, he would have been all over it. It's a fortress that, that, that explodes every now and again. <laughs> wow. So, so, the, so that was right before New 52. Yeah. I mean, well, that was all the way up until. So, I mean, basically from the 70s. Or, I'm sorry. Byrne took over in the 80s. So, basically from the 80s all the way up until the New 52. So, you're talking about probably close to 30 years worth of Wonder Woman history. So wait, so then does the the fortress, does it have smaller invisible planes that come out of it now? Well, by that point, remember, she was flying. Okay. Yeah. Because by the time the reboot happened, she had already been able to glide on air. So she didn't need the plane quite as often. So she, she glides. But she like still squir- needed it. Oh, did she probably like squirrel girl, she glides. 
Kind of, except she didn't need like any cape or anything like that. But she could like she could ride the air currents. But if there wasn't any air like blowing or anything like that, then she was grounded. So, so, so let, wait, wait, wait. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, Wonder so, Woman didn't go from not flying to flying. She went from not flying to gliding to flying. So she would be like this all the time. If she needed some wind, she'd just be like, "Superman, blow me!" <laughs> you just oh, uh. <laughs> and he would go. In a moment, I'm busy with Batman. <laughs> I hate you, On a mission. <laughs> On a mission. <laughs> to get it done. <laughs> oh, my God. Can't wait to drop that fucking iPad on the ground. <laughs> but, um, wow. I mean, I didn't realize they gradually brought us onto believing that she could fly. So, yeah. Yeah, it was just it was. She learned how to glide soon after. You remember she was depowered, right? Yes, I do. That was during that that late sixties, early seventies time. They 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 depowered Wonder Woman for really no good reason. I mean, I'm not really ever clear what their reason Wait, she, was. She has powers. Yeah, Wonder Woman. That's why she's a wonder. <laughs> <laughs> um, eventually, she just became a spy for the government. She just had like a like a mock turtle. Kind of like a what do they used to call those? Um, a turtleneck? Not a turtleneck. No, it's the name of uh, crew neck. No, no, it wasn't crew neck. What was the name Tree of the neck? I know you're talking about. Um, uh, man, like was a mandarin collar kind of a jacket. Yeah. I just can't think of what the the jacket was called. Um, but she used to wear that and just white pants and had white like. Actually, she had simple sensible shoes for a while. She just had like white um flats. And she used to go around. She learned karate and all these different things. She just she was just a spy basically. Oh my god! And for several years, and they wondered why her sales were almost off. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but it wasn't until Gloria Steinem in the uh, the early seventies she just got in. She's like, you know, you depower the only powerful woman you have in comics, you know, and kind of shamed DC into giving her her powers back. Good, yeah. good, good. Props to Gloria Steinem. Good yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, There's I didn't realize power. that she that she had some power in in, in the combo community. I mean, obviously, well, the whole women's right when yeah, women shamed. Yeah. yeah, that was during the whole you know now and stuff like that. But she kind of shamed everybody, you know, and and they gave her powers back and probably saved wonder woman in that point you know but as far as the invisible jet it's just funny you know they didn't even try and give us any explanation of how it reflected light um post or pre-crisis you know so uh but you know like rob was saying i mean maybe it was it would have been some technology that's reflecting light who knows but the fact that it was entirely invisible so you kind of figure it couldn't be an internal thing but you know the way we always saw it in the comic it was invisible everywhere right you know like the, the handle was invisible so it always begged the question of i didn't know how she flew it yeah. You know, how did she? How, how did she, she guess where the wingspan was? Yeah. How did she ever find it when she parks it? <laughs> Unless John Byrne created something where she could own uh, the way the sun reflects off of her iris, she only saw where the invisible plane was. Therefore, she knew where everything was because right. her eyes saw light differently. Oh but God! He probably would have used her tiara, like you know, because that little that little star that was there or something like that. You know, I, I could write horrible shit too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> My comic book comes out March 15th. Everybody, please pick it up. That's <laughs> Gigi's birthday. That's not <laughs> So you're saying she's a comic character? <laughs> no, she's my hero. <laughs> she's your Wonder Woman. She is mine. Oh, Does she have an invisible plane? <laughs> <laughs> no, she invisibly drives me crazy. <laughs> you just love that button. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just remember... It. In, during the Justice League, not Justice League, um, during Super Friends, just loving the design of the Invisible Jet, but mm-hmm. always wondered how that works. So yeah, and unfortunately, now we know, and now you'll never unknow. <laughs> and now I'm okay with Wonder Woman just flying now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I don't. I, I wonder if they'll even try and bring back her plane in the New Fifty Two. I, I hope not. Well, I, well I, you I, saw they did it in a cartoon of Doom. Oh, that's right. That's they, right. They, they they gave it a different spin that they basically. St- 
um, took, I think, Superwoman's plane from the other universe. Oh, I didn't even realize that. I must have lost yeah, how that happened. Yeah, and then, and then it, it was, it was a, a jet that turned invisible. So I can't rewatch that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, sadly, I don't remember that in Dune. Yeah. Because I can't figure why it would be in Dune. Like, what? Cause was there, they were in another dimension in Dune? It, uh, no, in Dune was when um, the, our favorite crime syndicate, crime syndicate came over and Superwoman. Wait, that wasn't Dune, no. was it? Doom is sorry, not, I'm sorry, not Doom, not Doom. I'm sorry. Oh, that's why I was getting confused. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. My bad. Yeah, okay. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Or, no. They called it something else, but I know Crisis on Two Earths Thank or something you. like that. I, that made much more sense. I'm like, okay, I just don't remember. No, not Doom. Doom. Sorry, okay. not Doom. I'm sorry, listeners. We have to apologize for the cap today. He is on apparently very slow mode. <laughs> I haven't drank anything. <laughs> that is the problem. I guess it's the DTs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but <laughs> but yeah. Um, I just remember that um, they introduced the invisible jet there. So right. you know, oh, okay. they've already tried. Right, I had forgotten that in that movie too. I actually enjoyed the that movie. It wasn't that bad. The one Crisis. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Crisis was pretty fun. Did you see that, bro? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was uh, especially good. when the Flash uh, speeds up his heartbeat and makes it look like he died. Right, and then Batman comes. Oh no, not again! <laughs> <laughs> well, it would have been great if he was just like, oh well, he's dead. But I don't want him to come back as a zombie, so he just shoots him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> so, do we have anything else to discuss in regards to superhero physics? Well, now we want to talk about. How does Iceman of the X-Men do what he does so well, which is ice stuff? I was going to say make snarky remarks and still end up on the team where he's useless, but okay. Oh, please. <laughs> and he is basically useless for such a powerful character, but that is a question. I mean, it's that's one where you don't get an explanation. I mean, he's a mutant, you right. know. Um, but my question to the panel here is how how do we think he does what he does? You know, um well, Anybody right. have any suggestions? Here's my answer. All right. His actual power is um, he's very actual, super uh, smart, right? So when he was young, he created tiny little microscopic nanobots, right? Oh that my God. allow him to control the moisture. <laughs> so oh you're trying God. to tell me he invented really teeny tiny air conditioners? <laughs> in, in, in short, no, he has no fucking clue. <laughs> no, like, like the one thing that's always got me, I mean, ever since a kid when you kind of learn about temperature, I'm talking about like in your junior high probably is when you're kind of getting a little bit more into physics and chemistry classes here and there, is that I remember distinctly a teacher saying, because I, I forget how it came up, but we were talking about uh, the fact that something felt cold or felt felt hot. And we were just like, well, you know, we were talking about something and I don't even know how we phrased it, but I, but we were wrong as kids, you know, talking. We were saying something along the line of, well, it's getting colder or it's it, it's getting more cold about it or something along that line. However, we phrased it. And the teacher just went on and said, well, that's not how it works. You don't gain cold, you lose heat. Yep. So well, if that's the case, then... Take away the the idea of he's just a mutant and that's just the way it works. If he worked in the line of physics, he would have to be either absorbing or dispersing heat in order to create his cold. Right. Yeah. But you never hear anyone talk about this sudden burst of heat around him or anywhere else. So, like, my question is, where did the heat go? <laughs> you know? Well, I already told you at the beginning, I failed physics. So, <laughs> that's all on you, Mike, because I'm like, I never understood it. Obviously, well, that's where imagination kicks in there, Cap. Come on now. <laughs> so, that's the reason why he doesn't get, you know, hypothermia or frostbite when he covers himself in ice because all the heat goes into him. That's very possible, except for the fact that he becomes solid ice. Well, maybe not at his core. Well, you can see straight through him. Huh? Can you? Yeah. Can you really? Yeah. Can you really? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I can see through you. You're so shallow. But he's not. <laughs> but he's he's more like translucent than transparent. If anything. Well, they've even had times where he. They've said that he's. He really technically is just transparent ice. You know, I think they said do that as see, it's. Do you see like his heartbeat? Is like, well, that's the thing. You don't see anything. You, you just see, see through. You just see through him, which yeah. always threw me off because you you would still see an, um like even if he was ice, you would still see his heart. You would still see organs. Well, it, what it could be, it could be that the ice is working like fiber optic cables, um, trans, um, transmitting the light right through him to okay. the other side. Oh, could be. I, I don't exactly see how that works, but, it, <laughs> well, but I'll just say it could be. The way that fiber optic cables work is that the, the light inside is just bouncing off the edges and okay. it goes straight to the end. Right. That's but what you can see the cables though, right? Huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's because they coat them. Oh, ah, okay. They're clear. Yeah. No, it's just one of those wonders that I've had. It's just, I'm like, well, he, because I was reading an explanation about Iceman himself. Again, we're now, they don't give scientific explanation. They just give a mutant um, explanation that, that, you know, when he was younger, he just used to freeze the moisture around his body so that it was just a solid person coated with ice. But then as he learned to increase his, or he got better control of his power, he would actually drop his body temperature to absolute zero and become ice. And that actually, they say that when he walks or any movement that he makes, it's actually a crinkle of ice. So basically, he would not be a person you'd bring on stealth missions because he's constantly crinkling as he moves. Yeah, it would just be this as he's moving because he's basically freezing and unfreezing and breaking the ice every single time. So he becomes Kelvin. Yeah, he's just Kelvin. That would be a good name, Kelvin. <laughs> it, my name's no longer Bobby Drink. It's Kelvin. Oh God! Here the thing go is, had anyone ever like if if he was invented with this with scientific knowledge, I guarantee you his name would have been Bobby Kelvin. Bobby, yeah, yeah that would or, or Kelvin Drake. <laughs> you just know that's what they would have called him, right? And then he would have had ice powers. Yeah. Shit, <laughs> I could just think oh, I'm gonna change my name to Kelvin the Ninja. No, that's not gonna work. <laughs> the name and the concept. You can't sneak up on anybody. You can't sneak up on a deaf person. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, but oh, the, you're deaf. Oh, but the deaf person would just be like, "What's well, just cold?" <laughs> but let me ask you this. But then, but then, how did Iceman change from Frosty the Snowman to the Iceman we know now? Well. He going from the snow cone look when he was just like a big snowball. I remember reading um, uh, the old X Men. We're talking about the X Men from the '60s. That's when he actually learned to to become more sculpted ice. The professor just kept telling him to concentrate on his form, like basically concentrate on himself and and then freeze the immediate moisture around him, as opposed to becoming cold and moisture just randomly gets cold like another you know, like falls like snowflakes on top of him right so that was actually discussed and he would actually be in some weird weird device you know those general those those generic devices that somebody would be in it looked like one of those those uh shrinking boxes that they used to have back in the 40s where instead of a steam room you would kind of be in the steam box yeah <laughs> yeah it looked like one of those and he would just sit in there and, and get chilled i mean in the you've seen spider-man and his amazing friends mm-hmm he would just in that one he would like spray himself with ice into right. a block of ice, which I would never understand how at the very top his whole like it would go past his hands. Wouldn't like his fingers be hanging out or something? You would think something like that. And then he breaks the ice, and then he's fully formed in ice. Right. So yeah. It's, it's that also like, made no sense, and it also never explained where that ice went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're good at cleanup too. All, all the ice you broke is magically gone. Yep. Well, he reabsorbed it. Or he just made it into a vapor. He was like, hey, yeah. go away. Because <laughs> this away. is one of those that just, there it's, is no real answer. It's sublimated. For it. That's what it is. You know what that is? 
No. Sublimation is when is when a solid turns into a gas. So the ice would just turn so cold that it just goes into gas. Ah. That fast? Yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> hey, <laughs> he's Kelvin, say, right? Why not? <laughs> Shit. Kelvin. His name is Iceman. He's part of a team with, with the guy with big feet, a, a freaking um, telekinetic, I'm sorry, telepath, and a, <laughs> and a guy who, who has force that comes from his eye beams, and a guy with wings. Yep. Very, really, very believable team. <laughs> <laughs> and don't well, forget the, the blue devil that teleports. Oh, uh, in, yeah, in time, yeah. I, I, went, I went with the original team, but oh. yes, absolutely. Yeah. You're right. And, yeah. and the saddest part is knowing now what the the canon for Cyclops eye beams are. It's just scary. And that's just for another time, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> another time, because once I tell you that, you're going to wish you could forget it. <laughs> Geeks on the go. All right, here we go. You know this drill. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And we never make it under a minute. But we try anyway. Valiantly. We, we try. Eh, you say we try. I say, <laughs> I say you lie. <laughs> I let you think that I try. But I really don't. I think you're going to go along with the rhyming theme. What's going on? <laughs> Dr. Seuss, I am not. <laughs> I'll do a false rhyme. But sometimes you're actually a cock. <laughs> All right. Dickery, dickery, duck. Oh, stop. Okay. <laughs> now you rhyme. All right. Are we ready, gentlemen? I'm ready enough. Ralph? I'm ready to press this button. All right. Ready, set, go. Do superheroes need offspring? Mike? ACS needs to pick up the Fantastic Four children. ASAP. <laughs> no. <laughs> Two acronyms. Ralph? Are the superheroes immortal? No? Then fuck yes, they need kids. <laughs> All right. I, I disagree. I don't think they need kids. Um, Hero Association. What's the lamest superhero power that comes to your mind? Ralph. Squirrel Girl. Controlling squirrels. All right. Mike. Super Ventriloquism, which was not only used by Superman, but had been used by Crypto, the super dog, to make Clark Kent speak in English. Fuck out of here. <laughs> what superhero team do you wish the comic gods would bring back off the scrap heap, Mike? The Elementals. What's that you say? Ah, that was written by Comico Comic Company, and Bill Willingham was a writer. Excellent team. All right, Ralph. Doom Patrol! Yeah, man, I agree. And final question. If you could get rid of one current X-Men leader, who would it be? Wolverine or Cyclops? Ralph. Let's see. Whiny little sad emo boy or in, insane psychopath? Hmm. I wonder. Who do you want in charge of your children? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I get rid of the whiny because the psychopath could actually save your life. Okay. I, I disagree. <laughs> Mike. Cyclops. This is for revenge for Professor X. You fuck, you killed him. <laughs> and I say it's a trick question. You go you go to X-Force and kill Cable because they're an X-Men team too. <laughs> but he's not leading anybody. <laughs> oh, he's leading them, leading them to being canceled. <laughs> so there you have it. Episode 21 in the books. Once again for, of course, MFG. Trending everywhere, Mike the Finance Guy. And RT Square, a.k.a. Ralph the Pirate, a.k.a. Ralph the Spoiler. This is the cap saying, keep it geeky. And don't try to imitate my stutter. Only I can do that. That's right. It is six claws. Six, six, six claws. <laughs>